If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hey everyone, welcome to this completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, no, no, April 21st, no. 2020. Why are you making those noises with your mouth? That I'm, was awful. I'm not doing it uh, again. Alongside Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Country. We are into week five of the self-isolation. Is that what it is? And shut down. Well, for all of California was, I think, March 19th, but it started really March 13th for sure, parts for, of California. For NorCal. Yeah, so, so how's everyone doing out there? We're into week 11 of Pat not getting a haircut. It's an update. I'm going to do it every week. This is week 11. Once we start hitting like 13 and 14, it's going to get worse. You know how I know that, Ian? Mm. Oh, by the way, on the show, before we get that, we're talking about lots of stuff today. We're talking about investment video. That's strange. We're talking about the Terror Onion mode for Saturn and Dreamcast. We're talking about um, uh, Scumbag Sellers of the Week with the, with the Switch going on with everything and patreon poll topic but yeah so you know how i tell it's getting harder with the hair mm-hmm. when i go out shopping ian mm-hmm. i tie a band i don't have a surgical mask i tie a bandana it's getting harder to tie it up with all this hair back here it's like starting to tie my hair into the bandana oh yeah no i'm having that problem too so not, not asking for someone to send me a surgical mask or a, a cloth mask but it, now i see the advantage of that over a bandana because it's tying just tying the damn thing is difficult so i went to the store i go out once a week i go to the ups store to drop off uh, pins, enamels, Blu-rays, not for resale, certain NES guidebooks, T-shirts at ultimatenintendo.com. I go, I go do that every week, at least once a week, but usually once a week. I don't want to go out too much. And I go to the food store. Now at the food store, it seems like 95% of people are wearing face coverings, which is good. Because even if, it, if it's limited and more limited in helping you uh, prevent from getting it, it definitely helps spread it if you have something. Sure. Um, from breathing and coughing and sneezing. Well, there's a lot of stores I know out here that won't let you in if you don't have one. But I was surprised to see a younger woman in probably like mid to late 20s not wearing it. And she was just like chatting away with the workers at, at, at the register like it was nothing while they're all covered up and they have the fucking plexiglass in front of them. And it's like, what are you doing? Just put wrap a fucking t-shirt around your face. I don't care what it is. Read the fucking room. Um, yeah. Even even if if... if Hell, just for, for, just just to make people feel better, even um, that you're doing that. But there's also people, even older people. I see. My favorite is them wearing it around their neck, the surgical mask, or not covering the nose up. So like, the, you also breathe through the nose and the mouth. Like, so do one or none. I mean, just excuse me, do both or none. Like, like, what are you doing? Wear wear the mask or don't wear it. Because when you have a mask, don't know how to wear it. I think you're even a bigger idiot than not wearing it. Like, wear the mask properly, right? I mean, like, what are you doing? Vonnie and I were coming back from picking up food or something. I can't remember what it was. It was a couple of days ago. And uh, we're driving back into OB. And there's a group of, like, 
eight to ten twenty something. She's just walking down the street like together in a in a in a group. Still, yeah. Oh, and God. they have masks, but every single one of them is hanging down here. None oh yeah, of them are wearing any of them. Like, I saw they're I saw, around their neck, yeah. but they're not wearing them. I saw like a twenty one year old with a skateboard inside uh, the grocery store, and yeah, he had it around his neck. And it's like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, what? Are you... It's not a fa- it's not a fashion thing. Like, I'm sure you can get a fashion one. Just wear wear it properly. Just wear. It. I don't care if it, if it, it reduces the risk only by ten percent or fifty percent. It, it's still a reduction of a risk. Just freaking wear it. God, it's annoying. What's more annoying is obviously we've had. I don't want to get too political right now, but it, it annoyed me all the the uh, anti shutdown protests that sprung up uh, because our fearless leader, you know, tweeted a bunch of stuff on like Thursday and Friday. Bunch of astroturf uh, bullshit. Um, and these people come out and are in, in, literally endangering da- endangering people. So, um, did you hear but, about the people who are honking their horns at the hospital? No, I didn't hear about there that. The people who were uh, protesting outside a hospital and honking horns. What are you protesting? That you're saving people's lives and you're risking yeah. yourself by going to the hospital? Are you just announcing that you're an asshole by honking horns at people who are sick and dying? I mean, we're in a strange state right now. This is what? What was the term that I used a few months ago about arrogant ignorance? This is this is the culmination of that at anti-science. But this is literally people's lives on the line. Like this isn't just like something like an existential threat fifty years in the future. Like climate change, this is something clear and present danger, like right immediately, day to day, and it's it's just again it's disappointing. I don't want to talk too much about it. It's so, disappointing. I, yeah, I'll just it, um, there was a guy. I mean, just to we really need to hammer home that these are not people who are out there. I'm sure there might be some, but these are not people who are out there protesting because they desperately want to get back to work. These are people who probably own businesses who want their employees to get back to work. These sure. are people who uh, it's not even about work. They might say that, but when you look at the protests and you see people with signs that say they want haircuts or um, I was reading, uh, I don't think I saved it. I was trying I to find it. Um, one of the organizers was quoted in an interview of these protests saying, um, one of the things he hates most about uh, the lockdown is that uh, he can't get free drink refills at restaurants and he has to order two drinks when going through the drive-thru. That's either... Um, I don't. I, I, I kind of... With the way we consume things in, yes. in this country, no, I, 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 I believe him. I actually believe him. I, that people I, like I believe that that's why he said that. Yeah, I, I don't think it was tongue-in-cheek. Because that's... When you really talk to these people, that's what they're saying. I miss going to Fuddruckers to eat all you Oh, I saw Fuddruckers training. I'm like, I don't think I've been to Fuddruckers in my life, but some people like it. Uh, yeah, so I think we have it pretty well. If that's the the biggest sacrifice that we're making, so I, I can't get my free refills on my... Uh, on my I have to pay for two drinks instead my, of getting a free refill on one of them. On my 48-ounce you know, uh, Coke that I got at McDonald's. Like, that's... We're doing okay, then. Food's not in short supply... You know, we got internet, we got TV, we got Netflix. Ah, uh, yes. Today's uh, reopen rally organizer, Steve Hasty of Murfreesboro, says what he misses most is sitting in restaurants and getting free drink refills. I hate having to get two iced teas in the drive. Oh my god! He says, "Oh my god! Buy a fucking gallon at the food store and just fill up at home. Fill up your your, your zoo cup like this. You'll be fine, sir or Steve. Sit in your." <laughs> Sit in your fucking living room, order a box of tea bags off of Amazon, uh, and make all the iced tea you your, can still, your heart can desire. Yeah, or just go fucking go to the store, get like a get like some Lipton iced teas, and you're fine. Yeah, 
man, we, man, we are just assholes in this country in general. I just think we just don't we don't think about anything but ourselves. Yeah, these I, are the people who call other people snowflakes too, and they can't fucking handle being without their free iced tea refills in their goddamn haircut. Hey, I like... Suck it the fuck up. I like free refills as much as the next guy. I used to get five at TGI Fridays. That's a very small price to pay for helping make sure that less less people get sick and potentially get killed, which has happened. I'm not anti-free refill. I'm, I'm pro... I'm pro... Re- I'm, I'm pro hey, gonna be There's going to be YouTubers that attack us saying we're anti, anti-free refills. No, I'm very yeah, pro-refill. Very pro-free refill. Uh, I, I, especially uh, because I know that, like, a, 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 a glass of pop at a restaurant uh-huh. is running that that restaurant about a a penny. Yeah, it's just they they buy that thing of syrup that dilutes over like fifteen years, and you know, yeah, with I, some water. I, I think the 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 words I read like twenty years ago is that like McDonald's pays about three cents for every drink. So yeah, I mean, and they char- and they charge you three dollars yeah. for a large. <laughs> the same thing when you go to, when you go to the. Uh, so that's the only thing that I don't ever really get pissed at the cost of food. I get pissed at the cost of drinks because yes. you know They're, it doesn't cost they anything. They cost nothing. And when you go to like the worst is when you go out to the movie theaters, which now I want to get to movie theaters because they're close. But when it's like they, they charge you like three bucks for a small or like four fifty for a large or five, knowing you ha- you're going to say, well, I'll get the large. It's literally costing them a dime to make that. And it, they're charging you like five dollars or six bucks, whatever. They get like the jumbo one. Yeah. So whenever I do that with a date or with, with an ex, you know, we, 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 we would never order two drinks out of Princeton. We just share one. Well, those, those days are over until this is passed. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It's like $6 for a large drink, 32 ounces of Diet Coke. Are you kidding me? I uh yeah man sharing things is kind of a thing of the past isn't it? Well, I mean if you're you know if you're if you have yeah. another you're married so right. you've, you've swapped. When I was outside the other day. I had rolled a, a CBD joint and I was smoking it, and uh, I saw someone walking down the street, and I crossed the street so they could keep walking because they were with a dog, and I was like, just made me realize I was like, you know, like six months ago I could have been like, eh, but not now, not now, yeah. not now. I'm not kind of sure. We I didn't know. know you do CBD joints. Yeah. It rolls the same and, you know. It's the exact same. It's just, it's marijuana. It just has less THC and more CBD. The, I can get into that. The one that I was, the one that I've been getting lately has lately. been really good since I fucked up my shoulder. Um, it's, normally when you buy like CBD stuff from a dispensary, they, they you, you can either get strong weed or strong CBD, but rarely can you get something that's in between. Okay. And uh, the stuff that I've been rolling is like, it's one to two. So it's 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 very effective. So you get high, but then you relax at yes. the same time? Yes. Yeah, it's nice. Anyways, yeah, well, no sharing. Well, I got the trick the one time at one of your parties. I don't think that. you got tricked. I got tricked. I don't think you it, got tricked. It was not CBD, because I was high as a kite after that. I was like, woo. I smoked it, was it and didn't feel anything. Well, you don't feel anything in general, and there's so much chemicals that have coursed through your body uh, from various sources. I'm dead inside. You're like 1% LSD still, probably. Probably. From, <laughs> from high school. 1% strips from high school. Just, you and Frank. Just lick my face. And- Frank's still getting that flashback every now and then. I <laughs> uh, was going to say, oh, real quick shout out. To OSW, I, we never really talked about the the old school wrestling podcast video reviews are excellent. Oh, yeah. They cover the old pay per views, and I never really um chatted with anyone from there before. But I, I talked to uh, Jay Hunter, um, out of the trio there, just on just on Twitter. Real nice chap. They make awesome videos. Check out OSW if you're a wrestling fan. If you're a wrestling fan, you probably know about it. They do like two hour video podcast reviews of every pay per view, and the guys are uh, out of uh, Ireland, and they're so entertaining. 
all three of them, and there's like little cartoon graphics, and it's very well done. So um, maybe I'll get to c- contribute like a fucking awful 1999 WCW pay per view or something. Um, it, you know, I've actually watched the, the like the the really bad '94 to early '96 WCW period where they had like the Yeti and they had like the awful. That's when Hogan was still a face. Yeah, and WCW. That's like the worst wrestling ever during that time period. And I wasn't watching WCW at that point. I watched before, like I watched late '80s, early '90s WCW, and then I watched NWO and Ford. I, there was like that three four years I didn't watch. Thankfully, uh, there. And also shout out to our our a friend of the program Ben Heck. Who fixed an M82 demo unit on his YouTube channel? Ah, nice, Ben. You got to give me a heads up, buddy, about this sort of stuff. You know, that's uh, that's, that's my bread and butter, and your bread and butter as well. Uh, there. Um, real quickly, we should have brought this up before about essential businesses. Uh, WWE had a had a, has had a really weird last week and a half. Um, well, Vince McMahon in general has had a rough. I mean, week and weird a half. is a weird way um, to put it. I would say shitty. Uh, Vince McMahon, a real show in your whole ass so, kind of week. So they, so so Vince, the, X, the XFL got shut down like a week, a little over a week ago. And then they applied. Then they basically said everyone's fired. Or basically, this may not come back. Then they filed for bankruptcy, and then after that, uh, WWE then um, laid off or fired. It was like over like forty percent. Of their staff. It was 40%? That's what I read. Yeah. 40% of their, their roster got fired. Was it forty? Was it really 40%? I'm Are you sure about that? Right, I'm looking right now. That's what I... I was going to say that was like 40 people. They they got rid of uh, wrestlers, uh, producers, uh, road agents, and they, and they furloughed some uh, as well. Yeah, right here. Uh, five days ago. Update. WWE Up- fires 40% of all employees in order to achieve the predicted profits despite the corona crisis. Is that right? Yep. You know what it helped? Vince not doing the XFL, XFL. again because yeah. it turns out that I guess they're they're they they're doing bankruptcy proceedings now with the XFL and it turns out that there was some W money potentially allegedly put into the XFL. It wasn't all just Vince's and and other investors doing right. it with their own cash. And if people don't know, that was the big thing about the XFL coming back again this time was that it was going to be all of Vince's own money. There was going to be no WWE money involved. That's the last I heard about it, but I guess this will come out in fucking court cases over the next year. And in I hate vanity projects, and the XFL was one. Yes, I'm, I'm, originally it definitely was. Yeah, um, I'm all about, and, and this goes for a lot of things. I'm all about people trying to do new things. Uh, you know, wanting to create something and get something out there. Um, I'm not saying don't try, but like it's easy to look at the market and just understand that it's not going to hold another football league. It didn't the first time. The AAL, what was AAFL, it? the American A-A- Alliance of Football, or whatever the fuck it was called. That 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 didn't even complete one season. Didn't last even year. complete one season and went under just a year before. And Vince is like, oh no, I can do this. I fucking hate that shit. It, it, it's 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 fucking financially irresponsible, but whatever. Um, Dude, I don't see the forty percent number, Ian. Uh, this is a En twenty four news. I don't know. It's just they I, cut a lot of people. That's the bottom line. Yeah, it's, it's and, a headline and, right. And here. it was wrestlers that were with the company forever. They cut Mike Chioda, who's been the re- referee for WWE for thirty years, and he's gone. Angle's gone out of a, a, a agent role. Gallows and Anderson. And it was, was Vince McMahon who stated himself that it was 40%. 
And that goes for on-air tournament behind, behind the scenes. Vince McMahon informed employees last night around 6 p.m. with a five-minute conference call. The chairman stated that 40% of all employees and employees will be fired or at least given leave. Oh, will be. Okay. So it's still yeah. coming. So, okay. Yeah. okay. So in the, in the midst of all this, I, I guess you, you can't make this up. So WWE, they've been filming uh, their weekly shows now in uh, at what, Full Sail in Florida, right? Yeah. Uh, which is where they used to do the, the, the NXT stuff. And they were warned by the sheriff multiple times to shut down. You're not an essential business. And they kept going on. Uh, but but something changed, Ian. Something changed. Oh? There was a... a uh, there was... Um, on the same day, the, the governor of Florida announced that WWE was now deemed an essential business. There was an $18.5 million uh, donation given to the state. Um, through, I believe, up oh, through uh, America First Action Super PAC announced an $18.5 million advertising buy in Florida on the same day Governor DeSantis changed WWE's designation to an essential business. Is that the McMahon's Super PAC? Uh, well, well Mc- Linda previously served uh, Trump and the Small Business Administration, and now chairs. Oh, she chairs it. So yes, it's is direct. A direct. This isn't even a veiled payoff. No, this it's is a, a direct, direct payoff. payoff. Yeah, it's a it's a direct payoff. Hey, you do what you got to do, I guess, in Florida <laughs> to do that. It's a ridiculous. This this this. Well, we're going we're going more politically neutral. This cl- uh, crisis. It's it's unavoidable right but, now. But it really shows you. Like people, well, well, the expression is you see people's true colors when things are bad, right? Yes. When you're, this really shows true colors, and I understand this is a publicly traded company, so you got to make reduction costs and things like that. But don't do the fucking XFL if it's this tenuous. And the XFL, they they, they decided after one month we got to shut this down. Like, it, is your business that strong on, on footing that you have to shut down? For the future, after one business, oh, after one month being off, I, I can only imagine that the logistics that go into planning and putting on a football season, even with only eight teams, are probably so extreme that if in your first season you can't complete it, you're probably financially fucked. Yes, because there's no way you're going to make a profit. Yeah, there's no way you're going to make a profit on a new a new major sports league, unless like you, unless your t- like the TV advertising you you got bought out for. I don't see that being possible. So I don't I don't feel bad for Vince McMahon, but no, I totally understand why. Um, yes. I mean, if if yeah, I mean, after a month that they're like, hey, you're gonna have to be closed down indefinitely for the next two months, I would say that's an immediate. Well, unfortunately, we gotta pack this up and call call it a day. Just cut your losses. I heard cut that it was better this time around. I, it was. I heard that it was also was not you know doing crazy numbers. So I don't know that this would have stuck around. But it did. It did initially have what a three. This was like a. Didn't have like a three-year test deal or something like that, or two-season test deal. I can't remember what it I'm was. I'm not sure, but they had ESPN's full support this yeah. time out. Originally, they really didn't. Uh, it was more like, I think, like NBC and one of the other companies. But they had ESPN's full support of this. And, you know, they were they were pushing it. They were showing highlights. And who knows? I think they're already... You know, some of these guys end up in the NFL. This is like, originally, some of the guys are good enough. Most aren't, but some of them are. Yeah, some you know. of my friends who are into football watched, you know, the what was it, the first two games, I think, were did, allowed to they, play? They, they for did, the first three? Yeah, they did, like, five, six games. Because it started they, mid-February. They did, like, five games. Okay. Um, yeah, they were enjoying it. The names and logos were awful, but, you know. They were. They were very bad logos. But hey, more, more professional players getting paid, uh, the better there. So, I mean, it, it's just, uh, like I said, I don't want to dwell on this, but 
this is going to accelerate more and more as we go into like we're not even we're like only a month through like quarantining or self isolating like in most of the country we're only like a month into this yeah and this is already what's happening so we're only five it seems like the NBA played like four years ago it's only been like five weeks since the NBA show I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday scroll 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 and I have the fucking tweet right here it killed me it killed me inside so I don't have a phone bumper. Uh, let me show you here. So I'm scrolling, and I pull up as I'm flipping through a... This twit tweet comes up from Twitter Live. Twitter Live tweeted this. Twitter Live tweets some basketball. Damon, Damon Russ dropped 40 points. points. But I, you have to understand, I, I see Twitter Live. Live? And then I see NBA in there, and I'm like, what? What? They all get together for like a fucking pickup game or something? No. I'm like, can I turn well, the TV on and watch this? And no, no. Well, they, I w- like my heart literally jumped. <laughs> I wanted to watch some basketball so bad. Well, they tried to do that awful horse game last week. Did you see that? No, I didn't. They were doing horse with like, just like splicing in through basically like Zoom, like with on people doing the phone and bad Wi-Fi. It was fucking awful. Like, it got so panned. People are like, this is... Like- How the fuck can you play horse if you're not all in the same spot? Well, you, you showed... Uh, yeah, I suppose. But it was also funny because, like, Trey Young just basically has, like, a, a hoop, uh, you know, like, in his, like, a, like, like, a, like a hoop that you can buy for 100 bucks at, like, you know, Sports Authority on, like, your driveway. But, like, Mike Conley had, like, his own full fucking gym attached to his house. Like, a full, like, half court, and then the other side there was, like, one down... It was beautiful. How, and so, like, and it was just weird to see stuff like that. Yeah, that's neat. I think I read that Steph Curry doesn't even have a hoop at his house. He has to like have one built or built something to practice. Anyway, so we're in weird times, obviously. Uh, speaking of weird, uh, this is something real quick. Tetris Blitz is shutting down today when recording this. Are we really mentioning this? I'm going to mention it because someone Cause said we one person. This. I mean, I'm sure they're very nice, but one person said we... It's, okay. it's been out for only less than four years, and it's shutting down All right. this online game. through. I think it's EA. I just think it's funny. I just got a notice the other day that my Scrabble game on my phone is going to be going away, and they're replacing it with a different Scrabble game. Uh-oh. How many different Scrabble games do you have? Does it look different? I have no idea. I, my, I, I'm actually, like, I'm hoping that it's decent, because the current Scrabble app, you can only play against randos, or you can request to play with someone you know if you are both friends on Facebook. Okay. And no one I know uses any fucking Facebook. That's a start, at least. Do that local couch words, co-op. Words with friends. You. Words with friends used to let you. Just I mean, list? You, you create. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, you just made a friends list and you could search for people who played. There has to be a gaming network on the apps that has like, like an offering like that, where there's multiple games and you pay something and you have friends list for like simple board games. Uh-huh. I would think like clubhouse games. Anyways, Scrabble is the greatest game ever created. It's never good at it. That and word uh, and. Uh, that and words like scramble stuff. I'm not good at that. I can't it's, think of words that way. It's my favorite fucking game. It makes every... It, it just... It lights up all the the pleasure centers in my okay. brain. I like to unscramble letters. I don't want to think about you unscrambling tingly parts right now. Uh, Ian, we have we have some breaking news from last night about PS5. We do. Pricing and... and, and scarcity. So, Sony says that it's going to be uh, a scarcier for PS5 when it comes out. It's going to be released in uh, limited supplies. I'm assuming that a lot of that has to do with the um, health crisis that we are currently in. Um, game developers who have been making games for the title are guessing that the system is going to be between 500 and 550. 
Uh, and quoting from the article here, Bloomberg Intelligence's Matthew Canterman points to increased component costs pushing up the price required for Sony to break even. Sony has struggled with its price-setting decision for the PS5 because of scarce components, Bloomberg News has reported. Um, 550 is going to be a pretty tough fucking sell, I think, this year. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I, 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 the, you know, um, yeah. I think I think it's gonna be a tough sell. I mean, well, five fifty is still less than what the PS three was like seven hundred or six hundred. Six hundred. Yeah. Um, I I know that that was a disaster ago. for Sony when it yeah. happened, um, and I, I I think the market is getting to the point where I I don't know they just won't buy systems that are more expensive than a certain price. Um, now, granted, this will be a new system, so I can't really use this as. Uh, they're not they're not the same thing. But like the Xbox One X, as far as I can tell, doesn't move very fast because they're constantly on sale for like two twenty nine. Oh, really? That's yeah. cheap. And that's the that's the pro model of the the Xbox system. Oh, um, not the original. We're talking about the pro one. It, it's the it's the it's it's yeah. The Xbox One X is the like the. There's original S and X. Yes. yes. Um, X is the highest. So one X one. is going that cheap. Uh, they they're constantly put on sale for that cheap, and I just don't think they're selling. From talking to people who work in games, um, a lot of people who I know who have worked at GameStop and work in other independent game stores said that the One X didn't move. Um, now, granted, Microsoft was in a worse position this this generation than Sony, but I do think a lot of it is just at a point people don't want to pay that much for a console. Um, well, it's also because. When you put out consoles every uh, an iteration every two years, yeah, the Xbox, if people get confused or they don't want to upgrade anyway. That's immediately why I kind of doubled yeah. back because they're not the same thing. But I do think that a lot of people are going to look at the if if it goes for five fifty, they're going to look at it. I think a lot of game players like myself might look back at the PS4's launch offerings and remember how scant they were. Yes, and go, I can wait a year, which is what I did with the PS4. You can get a used, like new Xbox One S, which is the middle one, for like a hundred and twenty-five shipped from multiple people on Amazon. Yeah, that's, I think that's what we sell them for. That's not even the original. That's the S. That's the middle one, which is like the HDR, one terabyte too. On top of that, yeah. Oh, that's the old digital one. Yes, yeah, some people will be fine with that, I guess. Anyway, back to Sony. I do think five fifty is going to be uh, a hard sell. I think so, five. I think five hundred is something that more is something that people would be more comfortable to 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 pay. Um, I, I, I I think Sony will do everything in their power to stay away from six hundred. That 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 price point has become almost like a, a, a joke. At this point, yeah, it's so, like CDI prices back in the nineties. So like, going to buy something for that? Ex- you know, the expensive. closer they get to it, what I think the, the harder it will be. Um, did yeah, CDI was six hundred dollars for the low for the lower one. I mean, I started at eight hundred dollars. But I have a feeling that. I, it Do you think like, it's worth even bringing the console out if it's going to be in limited quantities for a price that most people won't afford to anyway? Especially if we don't know if things will be totally back to normal. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Especially when I'm talking about uh, you know affording it, five fifty is going to be expensive for me no matter what. But um, you know, for a lot of people who are really into this, that might not be too much. Except for a lot of people aren't working right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they probably do have to bring it out though uh, because um, there's games in development. They haven't really mentioned anything, but you know there's games in development, and if they don't bring out the system, then those games don't make money, those games don't sell, and it starts to um, 
hurt an economy that, you know, can actually exist during this time. Video games can totally exist right now. We need stuff like that. How many of these launch titles are going to be exclusive, though? I'm looking at the the, the launch titles right now. I don't now. even know what the launch titles are. Um, Sony ones, there's about seven. Killzone, Shadowfall, Flower, Knack, Resogun, Sound Shapes, Escape Plan, Flow. Those sound half fake. But this is like a real website. Is this a real website? Uh, no, I think they're fake because, um, I mean, Flow, Flower, those are all PS3 games and then PS4 games. I'm looking at this Rezo website. Gun is, uh, Rezo uh, Gun was PS3 and PS4. Or PS4 only. I have it. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, you're looking at PS4. I'm looking at PS4. I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, what are we at? We're at PS5 now, right? I was like, are they trying? (laughs) I'm literally thinking to myself, are they trying to? Are they trying to mimic the PS4? I I should have realized once I once I saw Just Dance 2014 listed. Yeah, you probably should. That should have snapped me out of it. Okay, PS5 launch titles based on Tech Radar from from four days ago. Here you go. Sorry about that. Um, Confirmed. Warframe. Game called Gothic. Um. Rainbow Six Six Siege. That's the one, the house one. I can't think out. of. Yeah. Um, Outriders, Lord of the Rings, Gollum. What are you gonna play? You're gonna play as Gollum? Okay. Godfall, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, Rainbow Six Quarantine. That's a good name for what's going on. WRC Six. It's like a rally racing game. Yeah, World Nine racing Championship. Dying Light Two. Cyberpunk. Is that gonna be? Is that confirmed? That's gonna be a launch. I they keep pushing that back. Death Stranding. So not even all of these are are. Exclusive. Yeah, a lot of these are going to be in between, just like the first year of PlayStation. Oh 4. no, this is like a wish list because now they're listing GTA Six. That ain't happening. It's going to be out for like four years. That game. Um, all the confirmed and expected. Anyway, here's the point. I don't think you have to rush out and get like with the PS4. You don't have to rush out and get it right away. No, and Microsoft uh, has already basically said there's no reason to rush out and get the the uh, Series X because there's going to be no exclusives for it for the first year. Console wars are over. We're done. Uh, with or without, the, with, without a certain public health crisis here. Truth of the matter is, is I'm going to end up with one of these, probably a PlayStation 5 at some point. But I just wish I was a bit more excited about it. I wonder how much... I mean, obviously we've seen the Switches sell out during all this, and that's going to be a t- uh, its own topic later. How good is Nintendo going to have of a year with all this going on? Because if this doesn't like get you to you know want to play with friends and family with the switch like we're, we're into the middle age now the switch and it's now like still doing very very well yeah i wonder how well it's going to do this holiday season it's april so it's what three years in one month and at this yeah. point we're getting about six years out of our systems so yeah about about middle age middle age trying to get those back pains the switch there mm. and we don't have an they said a new switch isn't coming out this year they already said that we're not right. gonna get the super switch this year and I just think it's interesting how it's totally changed how the gaming market's been. It's almost like the rules don't apply from what it was like even five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, it's it's weird now, and I think it's even weirder now because of this. But I do think this sets up um, Nintendo to have a pretty good Christmas as long as they can get some, you know, a couple of big titles out and announced. Yeah, sure, they'll we're have three. We're, we're only four months into the year. There's yeah, Animal Crossing is doing better than people imagined. Like that song. Animal so Crossing is well. doing insane. So there you go. So Ian, speaking of Nintendo, this dropped last uh, yesterday as well last night. Uh, the final Mario Maker uh, two update, yeah, came out. I'm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited uh, for this. Um, sure. I like Mario Maker in theory. Um, I've played a good amount of Part Two, but my problem 
with it comes into my, my biggest problem something that i've wanted from this game since day one literally day one and i was surprised when it wasn't in there on the original mario maker and now i'm kind of like i was i was flabbergasted when it wasn't in mario maker 2 at start and now it's going to be the last update for mario maker 2 anyways it's world creator he was flabbergasted i was flabbergasted um the world creator is going to let you basically take the levels that you've made up to five of them uh and string them together on a map that you create like super mario world or mario 3 or any of those mario games that have the maps um and people will be able to play them in order uh, this is really neat because obviously if so and you can make up to eight worlds so you can have 40 levels so you can make your own Mario game from start to finish oh, I, th- I thought I read you have to have to up, up to eight per per no, someone read it wrong and they corrected oh. themselves later so uh, it's eight times five eight times five yes not 40. four they're gonna get a five okay yeah. just in case you want to do five okay yeah I'm fairly certain it was all I remember reading was that 40 basically you'll be able to put 40 levels into the entire game you can make your own campaign yeah um, this is really cool because one of my favorite things in Mario is running... Well, one thing I, everyone likes is running around and grabbing all the coins. Uh, coins are huge in Mario. They're, like, iconic. And in Mario Maker, for the most part, coins were... Just window dressing? Kind of window dressing. Because if you're only trying to complete one level... It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, and plus, the lives, don't, I mean, the lives don't matter as much then as well when you just have the single level. Right, exactly. Yeah, you just keep restarting it. So it, it all felt very useless. So it, honestly, it sounds silly, but just for the fact that it makes coins mean something in the game where it can is something that I'm very into. Um, also, people can have more cohesion. I think it's really going you to get... Can- I think it's going to get people that make cohesive levels in yes. worlds. Instead of everything being... And a gimmick. Is, and this is why I stopped. I really like it when people just make a fucking Mario level. But last time I checked, everything was, um, you know, one of those, how do they say it? Kaizo? Uh, the, like the Difficulty. super, the, yeah, the super yeah. hard, it's either like the super hard levels or it's a speed run where you have 10 seconds to get through it. And it's neat, but that's, that's not, not the that, game yeah, I want to play. That's not Mario to me. Mario is not, you have to play perfectly or else you're dead. Yeah. That's never been Super Mario to me. Mario is supposed to have clever designs, and it's supposed yes. to be fun to explore. And like I said, I, I do, I have played some of those harder levels, and some of them are a fucking trip, and they're great. Like they're a sure. lot of fun. But I, 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 I'm not eating a whole meal of that. Some I, people like the well, well, you you have to be the elite gamer to get past this, and you're going to die 75 times. That's not fun to me. I'm right. sorry. It might be fun to watch every now and then, but. That's not again. That's not Mario to me. Mario is having a fun story and having nice enemy placement and having changing worlds you go through gradually, and you can't do that with single levels. And I'm not putting down Super Mario Maker, but you're not. Like I said, this is this to me is important. This is why. Now, if I don't, I don't own Mario Maker Two, but now if I get into it, I want to see someone make an entire game and have it be like this is an awesome. Mario, I guess you know, fan game that could act as its own sequel to one of the other games, right? And if they're good, at, good and de- if they're good at designing, yes, it will get progressively more difficult from beginning yes. to end. So, and what's great about it is the levels that they're making that they'll make to make these worlds will go out there into the ether to just be played as single levels as well. Sure, which means that the ratio of levels that are in that for me and for other people, depending on their difficulty preferences, those sweet spots, like the the there's going to be more levels of the difficulty people are looking for, I think, if people actually make these worlds 
properly, put some thought into yeah. them, have difficulty scale up and stuff like that. Yeah, and with the different, obviously, with the different, uh, you know, you can you can switch out the how it looks, you know, the graphics. You can do your like your your new Super Mario Brothers one, or do your Super Mario three looking one or original. I think it's an awesome idea. I I wish they uh, can they confirm that is there going to be. Um, Oh, is this true? You're going to have like the overhead maps as well. Yes. Oh my God, this is brilliant. Yeah, and it looks like you design your own overhead oh, map. Okay, this is fu- this is this That's is what Mar- I was talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, beginning. I missed that. This is Mario Maker officially. Like yeah. now we have everything, mm-hmm. right? Am I missing anything that we don't have? Well, yes, and they added it. Um, they added. They're adding the frog suit, um, the Hammer Brothers suit. Nice. Um, and Tanuki suit was already in there. That was already in there. All the other, all those other suits are in there. I'm fairly certain Tanuki's in there. Actually, maybe it's not. Oh, I'll look it up. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Uh, but Hammer Brothers suit, Frog suit. Hopefully, they'd throw Tanuki in with that. Yeah, why not? Um, and the big one for a lot of people. Get the shoe. Um, shoes are been in there forever. Nice. Uh, two of them. You can even get a high heel. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, you, you fucking threw me off. Sorry. Real quick while you think of that. Can I can I not look up a video? Oh, oh sorry. It's not getting its own style, but it is getting a power-up. Big news. Mario 2. Yes. Mario 2 uh, gameplay style will be in there. You'll be able to get a mushroom that basically turns you into Mario from Mario 2. You'll be able to jump on enemies, stand on their heads, and pick them up. Um, I actually don't remember if I saw if there's like places to place tur- ways to place turnips and shit like that. I would hope so. Um, it's kind of a bummer that we're not going to get the Mario 2 graphical style. Yeah, but it's, t- it's you really can't because it's a totally different game. No, style. I know. I know. Yeah. That's a shame because I love Super Mario Bros. to all my heart. And I, and I, I so I, I do. I get it. Um, and I think this is a, a, a really nice in between compromise. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of. I'm still. Yeah. It's it's the only one with basically basically its own engine in terms of how it plays versus the rest. So. So this is an interesting way to do it. I think. Sure. Would I love a Super Mario Two Maker? Absolutely, because we can get like a, like its own sequel finally. It'd yeah. Be, be awesome. But this is great. I mean, Nintendo went above and beyond, and I don't mind Nintendo doing these like I saw someone compl- not complain but comment like oh Nintendo's now doing all these DLC updates now I'm like yeah but like this completes the game and well, I don't I don't mind them taking time to really flesh this out after taking a year to do this this is what know? I would say about it because I, I saw I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of two minds because um, I saw someone mention when we were searching for topics like uh, you know talk about Nintendo only supporting their games for a year and I'm like that's a weird way to look at it yeah um, we want games to come out complete. That's what everyone argues about. They don't want updates. But then when Nintendo drops an update, you know, not even a year into a game's lifespan that essentially completes the game, an update that I would argue personally should have been there at the beginning because it would have, it would have done a really good job of definitely making Super Mario Maker 2 feel different from Super Mario Maker 1 immediately. Sure. But it's here now and it's going to be great. Uh, it's a shame it's not on the cartridge when you first buy it, um, but it completes it. I mean, I, I, I'm honestly trying to think of more stuff. There's always yeah, more there- stuff you can add, but I, I also I don't need a company to update a game for two years just to say that they're yeah. updating it. They updated. They they only updated Mario Tennis for a year. Mario Tennis did need updates, but by the time it was done, there was 12 additional characters, I think two additional courses. Uh, they introduced costumes. They're not charging for this, right? No, they're not. So, so okay. I, I, it depends. I mean, it, it's not, it's not like Mario Maker Two is an MMO game that needs to be updated constantly over the course of its life. If Nintendo feels like they've done what they can with it, 
And it's not like the last, last update. It's the last major one. It's the last one that's going to be adding stuff to the game. Again, for free. Um, they'll keep doing bug fixes and things like that. Okay, so a frog suit, Super Mario Bros. 2 Mushroom, the power balloon. I guess that's a balloon for Super Mario World. You're taking four around. Oh, yeah. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, new Super Mario Brothers U, you get the Super Acorn, lets Mario drift as a flying squirrel. Um, and then Super Mario 3D World, the boomerang flower, lets Mario throw boomerangs, as you might expect. That's the, yeah, that's the, oh, okay, that's kind of the I Hammer mean, Brother. Hell, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not filleting Nintendo here. But Nintendo, if they really wanted to, could have held back some of this stuff and waited for Super Mario Maker 3. I would have been pissed. But they, I'm, I'm just saying, pissed. just doing the world stuff and the overview map along with some of this other stuff and then adding a little bit more, that would have been enough to hook people to buy it a third time. It would have been, been, but that's why I bought it a second time. Yes, yeah, I'm just saying you, they didn't do that. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo, even if you hate that now they do DLC, now they have some add-ons, they, their DLC value packs to me are like well worth it, starting with obviously Super Mario Kart was like the, the first time they really experimented with Mario it. Kart's DLC was 20 bucks. You got you got like a whole new game. You got sixteen new courses, which is insane. Um, and then you got um, and the racers, right? You got a couple of racers. Yeah, yeah. you got Link. So you got sixteen new courses. You got Link, and you got um, shy guy. And I can't. Remember. I think you got sure. some Yoshi the, colors or the, something. You got the bone guy, maybe. And then I think he was already in there. Oh. And then, uh, so, and that was 20 bucks. That was two DLC packs that gave you a total of 16 new courses. That's the big deal. Then you have... It, doubled, the, it basically doubled the game. It, it, uh, it added 50% of the game back into it. Because there was 32 courses initially in the game, and they added 16 more. Oh, no, you, I think there's... No. One, two, <laughs> I'm three. trying to look that up. <laughs> yeah, look how many courses, because now I'm fucking losing my mind. Uh, now I'm thinking of the, the Zelda DLC added basically a ton, didn't it? Uh, yeah, there's two DLC packs for that, nineteen yeah. ninety nine each. It added a ton. I know for a fact that the DLC added 16 courses. I just can't remember how, how many were in there originally. Sure. Um, and then... So 20, 20, free for Mario Tennis, free for Mario Maker. Although I would argue that had they tried to charge for it in Mario Tennis or Mario Maker, people would have been pissed because those games did launch with some issues gotcha but yeah i mean it's not i mean that is stuff that i think a lot of other companies would have certainly charged for uh you know um if activision had made mario tennis they totally could have gotten away with 299 to 699 per additional dlc character yeah okay so there were there were 32 tracks on mario kart 8 so that you basically okay oh no 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 32 original, so you added 50%. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's, what I'm, that's it's what 48 saying. total. Okay. After the 16. Uh, well, that's, right, that's, that's where my that's math... That's still a lot. That's where my... That's, it is. That's what I was saying. That, sure. like, that's huge. I, I was trying to... I was struggling because my math was leading me to 48 tracks. I'm like, there's not fucking 48 tracks in that game, and there is. There's it's 48 nuts. tracks in it's that game. It's nuts how, how much content's in Mario Kart 8. Oh, now it's Mario And you know what's really nuts? What, Ian? Uh, when you play the game online, how many people pick the same four fucking tracks over and over and Oh, really? Over I haven't again. played online in, in a while. It's been a while. So when you play online, it gives you an option for... You vote, right? Like a true random, yeah, which will pick any course from any of the 48, yeah. and it gives you three to pick from. But I think those three that it presents are based on what the most popular tracks are, gotcha. and then people always pick those. So even though there are 48 tracks in the game, I am guaranteed to play Excite Bike probably three times per online Is session. Is that really a popular one? It's a hugely popular it one. It's so short. I like it. It's fun. And then... um. 
the airport. Like both airport. Tr- both tracks I love. Like I love the and airport the, and track. the outdoor city one looks like San Francisco with the hills. Is that one of the pop ones? I love that mm-hmm. track. Um that's a f- somewhat popular one. But yeah, it, it's just it's funny cuz no one you just uh the Ice Ice Outpost is my favorite Mario Kart track in I want to play Mario some Kart Mario Kart. Game. I haven't played Mario Kart I think online in like a year. I've wanted to play it this past week and a half. Like I always jump back into Mario Kart for like two weeks at a time, take a couple months off and go back. I probably have two hundred hours over the two versions of Mario Kart eight. I did not mind rebuying Mario Kart eight Deluxe. I did not mind rebuying that game at all. I I didn't. Um, only because I knew I would get my money's worth out of it. Because that's really the only one I played on the Wii U. I'm trying to think of how much Wii U I played. And how much of it, like 90% of it was Mario Kart 8 that I played there. Yeah. And this is like a superior version to that because it even adds more crap. Well, they fixed the battle mode, which sucked in the original. Oh, that's Mario right. The Kart battle 8. mode was, right. It wasn't a true battle mode. Um, it was like a race, but yeah, it was like an elimination race. Sure. Oop, excuse me. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So that's, that's interesting there. And so I, again, going back to, we'll put a, put a bow on this with the, with the, with the having entire worlds, having a full game, having overhead maps. This is going to keep this game going for years. I think people will be still making stuff for this. People, I mean, the hardcore community that was into Mario Maker 1 were still making Mario Maker 1 levels in the week that led up to Mario Maker 2. I think Mario Maker 2, yes, especially with this world mode, will find a a second life. Sure. All right, Ian. Yeah. We have to talk about um, the uh, the Intellivision Amico. And and, and normally I wouldn't want to speak about... um, Something that came out, which in this case was a, a marketing video, I, I believe, used to pitch to potential new investors and to retailers. But now we're in a different spot than we were even a couple months ago. Because now, Ian, the big difference between now and a couple months ago is now we have people that have spent put down money for pre-orders sure. for this console. Co- according to the news, um, it was the, the last pre-order round did, uh, according to... The Intellivision president did 10,000 pre-orders. If you combine that with the 2,600 from the Founders Edition, that's around, let's just say, 12, 13,000, something like that. If those numbers be believed. So it edged out the Atari VCS so far. So that's good. So, But now we have to look at... To the, be fair, and I have tried to be yeah. fair this whole time, the Intellivision Amico certainly does offer something more than the Atari VCS. Yeah, yes, you could say that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to potentially offer you know unique games. And without so a sandbox mode. Yes, there's no sandbox mode that we know about on, on the Amico, which they can always add one in there. But anyway, so so that aside, though, um, a couple of weird things happened, and I was wondering what was, was going on. So in the span of a few days, you had a gamesindustry.biz article that was written up about the you know business side of the Amico, which I have linked there. And what was strange is because it, was, it came off like an investor pitch, the article. Mm-hmm. It talked about how there was a, a purchase order from major retailers of more than 100,000 units that was reported, which a purchase order, again, means that, like, if, say, say Walmart comes to you and say, hey, we want, we want uh, you to wholesale us 100,000 units so we can sell it ourselves in store. That's a purchase order. That's what that means. That doesn't mean uh, consumers get 100,000. That means there's 100,000 to put in stores to potentially sell. Um, so there's things like that, and, and, and you have uh, predictions that there'll be a, a million Intellivision Amicos uh, sold in uh, a, a, the first year, according to... Uh, Michael Pactor, uh, which uh, who uh, is is as uh, what did Michael Pactor say? He said they'll sell a million Intellivision Amicos in the first year. Um, I'm willing to put money down against anyone willing to take that bet against me right now. Uh, if Michael Pactor wants to, I, I will put that money down <laughs> right now. Michael Pactor always has the hottest of takes. 
Um, but he's as so accurate. But he's as reliable as a coin flip. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I mean, like he could be right or he could be wrong. I'm going to bet on the wrong there. And that's not to say there couldn't be a smaller market found. But that's the whole point is this. I was wondering what's going on here and why is there why is there this uh, investment uh, video being put out and put out publicly on YouTube, which was the strangest thing. And then I realized is that they, there's now a campaign uh, out there for investors and to uh, do more pre-orders on the uh, the Figs um, game investing site. Are you familiar with that site? Yes. So right now you can you can invest in the Intellivision Amico um, or pre still pre-order on this Fig site. So this YouTube video, marketing video, is a pitch video to potentially, I guess, get new investors as well. And it's we're in a strange spot now just because you're still in seeking investors for a product that's literally supposed to come out six months from yesterday, October 20th, and you've taken pre-ordered money from potentially over 10,000 people. I just don't know. I'm not trying to speculate too much, but to me, that's not entirely positive that all your ducks aren't in a row or or maybe they're not in a row for after the, the pre-order launch. Like what the timing to me is just weird sure. that it's happening all now at once, especially when it was always going to be we are privately funding this with with no uh, outside you know dollars coming in. We're not we're not going to do pre-orders at all we're not going to crowdfund this at all that was always said to me we're in crowdfunding mode to me yeah i don't think we can argue that anymore this is crowdfunded at this point at least for if you want to say at least for the first initial batch that they make this is crowdfunding the thing thing is i'm not like anti-crowdfunding no no no. i'm not anti-crowdfunding at all but i mean call a spade a spade it's crowdfunded it's crowdfunded like what's what's the difference between taking pre-orders and then now setting up this investment slash pre-order site versus just doing a well, you couldn't have done a Kickstarter because there was no finished prototype to do a Kickstarter with. Right. But doing an Indiegogo and like 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 the VCS is, you could have just did that. So I don't know if as things have changed financially, but I would not be so critical of looking at an economic structure of a company if they weren't doing pre-orders. But now since they're doing pre-orders, I think it's all fair game to look at this stuff because now you have to start asking as you go down the line. Will this get enough money involved uh, behind the scenes to not just get to market, but to support it after it gets to market? Because again, the most dangerous portion when we cover stuff like the Coleco Chameleon, we always argued that the worst case scenario wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't going to be not come out. The worst case scenario was that it gets to market and then it just dropped support immediately. Because then you had people that spend their, spent their money got their hopes up, got a product that's really unfinished. And with a game console, getting it to market is the very, very first baby step. Right. That's the, the very uh, start of the launch of your product. Well, even back at the beginning, and I think maybe even you weren't so certain, I was fairly certain that this would come to market. That's honestly not... That wasn't my concern. Um, just like with the VCS, my concern was not whether or not it would come to market. I w- I'm certain that they're going to, sh- you know... Sure, shit something out of that Atari factory and get it into people's hands. It's whether or not it's going to be something that can be supported after its launch window. Can you support it after the launch window? Can you deal with customer service? Can you deal with server issues? Can you deal with firmware updates? Can you get the new games launched effectively and supported? And on something like this that is stating that it wants every game to be an exclusive, um, I mean, those developers are going to have to be paid 
well for that game to remain an exclusive. Well, it's so all just pre- it's prepaid, expensive. prepaid up front. Right. So that that's all capital you need. If you're prepaying, if you're basically guaranteeing, say you're just hiring someone to make your game for $200,000 and you're paying them. You have to do that for every single game you have. That's not just the cost of making the hardware. Now, that's cost of that goes into the cost of the support of the entire system. Yeah. Versus just, oh, we're just getting third-party support to come on down here. So this is what this is what you call what second-party development, right? So you're you're still funding it entirely yourself, but you're you're farming it off to someone else. You're still basically you're basically still publishing it. It's like second like Nintendo did that with some of their games. Well, they weren't programming in house, but they're still publishing them and hiring like you know a support arm to do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, for instance, uh, Silicon Knights was once considered a second party Nintendo developer. They did Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. It was exclusive. Sure. So, in in terms of uh, if you look at the website, yeah, you can also either invest or or you can pre order. They've done seventy pre orders since this launched uh, a few days ago. Uh, here on there, I just think it's weird to have a pre order site also do, with the investment potential. Now there's a there's a, a goal for the investment, and there's a thing there's it, this says it's almost fifty thousand has been raised, but that's not in pre orders. Pre orders would only be seven hundred dollars, and I don't know where that money's coming from. I'm confused by this website. I'm not gonna pretend to know what this is. Fig funds it says forty three thousand. I don't know if that means that forty thousand dollars went in from an investor, but I don't see anything that says that tells me what's going on here. So I don't know what's going on here. Uh, for me, to me, it's a pre-order site right now until people get in there. But what's interesting about this this marketing video is is that it's almost like a Shark Tank pitch, and, and all pitches are going to be relatively the same. You get into a room, you give me like five minutes to tell me what's going on. Sure. But now you see what the actual strategy is. This is your marketing, and you'll go to market strategy, and you in a, in a pitch video, you basically tout what your competitive advantage is going to be. You want to get investors, you want to get retailers interested. This is what we have. So on that note, I think it's fair to look at just because it's public, first off. And again, you have people's money in your pocket right now to help you get this to market, which again, before wasn't supposed to be a part of this. So in terms of the video, uh, I'm not going to, we're not going to sit through the whole thing. I'm just going to, I have some comments that I put down in terms of what was said here. And, and in the video, uh, Tommy Tallarico appears along with Kara Acker, who's the VP of global marketing, who they hired. So immediately in this video, pretend we're on Shark Tank, Ian. You're, you're Mr. Wonderful. I'm Mark Cuban, we'll just say. Or I'm the, or I'm the QVC lady. You're Mark Cuban or, or Mr. Wonderful. And so what, your reaction to some of these things. Uh, 12 seconds in immediately completely disrupt the video game market is said you're not disrupting the video game market so when you talk about an industry disruptor what you're saying is that it's going to be a product or service that totally changes going forward how this product or service is done so for example Uber and Lyft disrupted the taxi industry and completely revolutionized it Um, Amazon with online sales you can say was a disruptor because they basically created a, 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 a whole new market online to compete with retailers and how things are sold. Um, there's been very few market disruptors that have happened at this point in time. Yeah, I don't think that's the right usage of, of, of the word. Um, it's not going to disrupt shit. Uh, I, it's not to sound mean. Uh, for something to t- truly disrupt, it also has to replace what it's disrupting. Yes. Uber and Lyft did. True disruption. Um, I hate that fucking term, too, like used in this way. Um well, it's a catchphrase for pitching things. Yes. Uh, for the Amico, look, again, trying to be fair, it could find a brand new audience. Sure. But it's not going to disrupt anything because 
if it's truly going to dis- like I said, if it's going to disrupt in the way that that word is used, it would have to change everything. It would have to mean the, the, the PS5 would be looking more like an Amico, and this next Nintendo console would. Right. The Amico, you can say anything you want about the games that are on it. It's a certain type of game. If you are not going to offer games that are above E for everyone, if you're only going to you know offer certain games, if you're only going to offer games here that are you know uh, jumping ahead, uh, simple, affordable family entertainment, you are not going to disrupt anything because you are not going to satisfy everyone's needs on sure. the system. Purposely going out of your way to limit the audience is not going to disrupt anything. Yes, you might find a niche. And who knows what these pre-orders are right now. You can argue some are hardcore Intellivision fans. Some maybe are collectors that want a new sure. system. Some maybe are potential scalpers thinking that they're going to be limited to the market this Christmas. And maybe you don't know what the percentage is right now. But to call something a disruptor right off is even to get retailers interested, I think most people with money see through those terms. Yeah. Like if this was on Shark Tank, they would laugh at you immediately. If you said this is a disruptor, because there's so few true disruptors that have happened. Smartphone was a disruptor, yeah, to the market, or even or even mobile phones were. Like it, you have to do something radically different than what has existed before to be a disruptor. Okay, let's move on and stop saying that word. Okay, uh, <laughs> there's there's a a, a a nice in television history little lesson. That was given, I think it's just funny because I remember I was criticized by Tommy personally by saying that I was saying, like, why are you banking on the Intellivision brand and legacy to market this? And he said, oh, we're not doing that. He's doing it in this video by touting the history of Intellivision. Well, they constantly uh, say they're not, but then they have a controller that is... Looks like the Intellivision controller. Against all... Against... I think any what any test and, market would have and, said, and probably a majority of the pre-orders are people that right now that are fond of the original Intellivision. Right. Um, so he said, Intellivision became a household name because it brought family and friends together. Every video game console did back then. Okay. By the early '80s, we owned. He said we like he was on the Intellivision back then. The team we owned twenty percent of the video game market. He didn't say that, like, after, like, 83, you owned, like, nothing after that point of the video game market. So that doesn't really tell you much. Then in the 90s, the internet came along and kids were playing games in dark rooms. I I, I just, I hate this. I, I know, it's like I said to you earlier, and I'll be honest, I got to pull my head out of this because it, 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 this frustrates me too much. I'm just trying to look at this as, 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 as straight and narrow as I can again and not get overly worked up about it, but... I realize this is part of marketing, but the reliance on these old stereotypes that like, I, I, I feel like Tommy's pulling this shit out of 1995. This doesn't apply. No, especially since he's, he's, he's basically planning to market this console like the Wii. And, and so like, even by that point, you can say, even if it was dark for 10 years, which it wasn't, the Wii brought everyone back into it. So he's ignoring even the legacy of video games by, by saying this. Yeah, I think I think we're back to a place where you I mean, PlayStation 2 era maybe, but we're getting to the point where video games are played by everyone and they're not just dark room teenagers anymore. They're moms, they're dads, they're kids. They're already I understand what Tommy wants to do. It's already been done. Yes. Um Kara Acker of EB Global Marketing goes on to repeat this 200 there's 200 million hardcore gamers and 3 billion who play casual games. This will serve modern day families. I'm really, I'm really worried about what my kids are exposed to. So again, trying to hammer the point about 
we're trying to get a small slice of this three billion market. I'm not a parent, so I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to come across rude here, but I'm just going to say parental controls exist on all modern consoles. And and if if the kids know how to get past the parental controls, then that's part of them being a kid. They're probably like 15 years old on the computer. No, I I mean, yeah, but I'm just, I mean, there are ways to be careful about that. Uh, At 2.40, Tommy says, gaming has become solitary, expensive, and complicated. Um, I think gaming has become everything expensive, sure, in a way. Solitary, no. Complicated, I think it's only gotten simpler. And the solitary Pokemon Go was like a huge fucking revolution a a couple years ago and expensive Uh, this is where I'll I'll take issue with expensive not wrong video games are expensive they sure are but to get something that will do comparably what we're seeing come out of the Amica right now not expensive I would argue that video games cost the same as they always did when you adjust for inflation they're actually cheaper sure I'm, I'm, I'm yeah but I mean, it, let's. I, oh, I'm just saying. In, I'm not saying it's more expensive. I'm just saying in general, video games. Yes. yes, it's an expensive hobby. Yeah, I mean, you can. Sure. Get, but hell, you can get tons of free games on mobile. You can get tons of flash games. I mean, there there was always free or cheap shareware titles. There was always a cheaper alternative, sure. But when you look at straight console costs, consoles cost less than they ever did before when you adjust for inflation. And like I've said before, with the Amico and with this. You have to, just because the Amica is going to be a new system doesn't mean that you can automatically put it on the same level as something like a PS5 or an Xbox uh, Series X because they're not doing the same thing. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not doing the same thing. You have to compare it to something that does a similar thing. And like I said, that you can get video game systems with another controller for 150 these days that will do all of that. Sure. Um, and in terms of complication, games are as simple as ever uh, to me. There's because there's so many different ways to play things. Obviously, cell phone game, uh, mobile gaming is simple. You see f- two year olds at the airport playing games on an iPad. You see uh, old people with their iPads playing games. A lot of what this this comes across as, and it's just it's classic advertising. But it reminds me, and I, I mentioned it last week, and I don't know why it's been on my head. But it's those people in those commercials for products. That are supposed to make your life easier. Oh yeah, like the pasta colander that they don't have. Right, to and they can't figure pasta. out how to hold the colander. <laughs> it's 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 a gross exaggeration to the, say that it's very very complicated. My favorite one is a guy trying to wash his car. It's like you know, it's like a meme where he has like the bucket and the hose going, and he, and he flops all on the ground. My favorite will always be the butter butler, which I mentioned last What's week. What's butter butler? It's a tube that you put a stick of butter in, and then you twist the end, and it cuts little slices of butter off, uh, because uh, you know how hard it is to butter your own toast. Wait, hold on a second. I'm interested in the butter butler now. Yeah, we'll fine. Look it up. <laughs> the point is this, though, is that when you over-exaggerate um, the complexity of, your, of, of the, the market versus what your product can offer, I think you're doing a disservice to, to the average customer. Well, that, yes, abs- that, that, and that's what I was going to say. You, you uh, have to be careful there um, because it does eventually start to sound insulting if you keep saying this, but you're not... If it's not a... If it's not a... If that's not a well-held theory that games yes. is, that gaming is overly complicated these days... Um, then people are going to be like, what are you saying? Are yeah, you well, saying that I don't know what I'm doing? Yeah, and so you might be able to 
maybe hook some investors by saying that. I don't but like an ex- I don't like the Xbox One menu system, but everyone who's ever bought one from me, including small children and parents, seems to figure it out. Uh, PS4 menu system could be way better. I'm not saying that these UIs are great, because they're not. The sure. PS4 UI had all sorts of issues. Um, but we're getting there, and they're really not that hard. I mean, the, 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 they're all kind of going towards this Netflix, Nintendo Switch sort of model, which everyone knows how to use, even Grandma, because everyone knows how to use streaming services. They all look the same now. You turn it on, and you get big, pretty blocks with pictures of the game, and you just slide over to the one you want, well, and you hit go. Yeah. Well, kids can figure out every, anything. We, we, I always talk yes. about how I was, I was loading but up DOS games when I was I know six. kids can, but my point is adults aren't that stupid either. Well, well, here's the thing. Because they all figured out how to use very similar systems. We're at a point in time where our elderly folks, almost all of them at this point, or a chunk of them, used computers in the 90s or t- 2000s. They they don't they have to know how to use um you know streaming services at this point a lot of them do this isn't like my this gran- isn't two thousand and three or or in the nineties where I had to help my grandpa literally you know program the VCR again I because they because they didn't have technology besides a TV and radio I, again I feel like this is an idea that he had fifteen twenty years ago and is finally getting to it now but is still using all the same reasons from fifteen to twenty years ago sure because again that would have made sense yeah fifteen years ago. Yes, absolutely that would have made sense 15 years ago. People did not know how to use this shit. My now da- it's part of yeah, everyday life. People in their 70s have been potentially using technology uh, that has been common, like computers and things, for like 30 years. My dad my dad had a computer. in. My dad's over 70 now. He had a computer in, in, the, in 85 when he was in his 30s. You know? One of Ani's coworkers is 66 years old and... Um, is happily playing uh, his second Animal Crossing game and has figured it all out himself. Sure. How many more stories we ever talk about about like the, the, the like the old woman who's like ninety five with the Game Boy in Japan? Like these aren't like one offs sure. anymore. Well, and and, and yeah. they were like I said. But as time goes on, this is we grew up with this shit. Yeah. When me and Ian are eighty years old, like by that point. It's going to be like no one is unfamiliar with any technology. I mean, like everyone has the same stuff. You know what I mean? Like, technology has moved so much even in the past, you want to argue, 12, 15 years. None of us are going to be illiterate old people. I, I mean, maybe something comes out like virtual reality holodeck, but, like, none of us are going to be a techno- sure. technology te- technologically limited. Right, I'm moving think. on before I just keep repeating stuff I've said a million okay, sure. times before. Um, SAFE, the acronym. Uh, simple, affordable, family entertainment, whatever. Fine, I get it. I know that's uh, what he's going for. It's, it's, not, it's not unique to the Amico. At 3.14, Amico is the first console in 30 years to come with two controllers. The Switch has two of them attached to it when you buy it. This was a strange thing to say because I don't see that being a huge competitive advantage unless everything else is equal. So if I had, say, say Xbox versus PS5 come out and they're both $500. Say the PS5 has two controllers and the Xbox doesn't. Now you can say this is a value proposition, right? Sure. You can say... You don't have to go out and spend $60 on a new controller. It's right here. That doesn't work to me to even tout that when it's, by Tommy's own words, this is not supposed to be competing with any other console, even though it is, because it's in the same price well, range as the Switch. constantly contradicting with yes. that. Not not relying on Intellivision, but relying on Intellivision. Sure. Not competing with, but competing with. But but it's wrong because in every marketing pit, uh, campaign video that Nintendo put out from the beginning was literally two people on the kickstand 
uh, local family fun. Playing. Playing with one Joy-Con each, playing Mario Kart, or yeah. playing like, like, like uh, what was the Snipper Clips? Or what? Snipper Clips. There's tons of games. Yeah, that was a big selling point, was yes. that out of the box, you could have fun with someone else in your living room right here. That right was now. one of the things we were kind of not shocked at. We're like, wow, these are really two controllers, and Nintendo hasn't done this uh, out now, of the box in now, so long. they are not comfortable, but they work. They work fine. They work fine yeah. for family fun night. And it has, and they and they have just about everything that the Amico controller is offering, besides a touchscreen and the speaker. But it's motion control, it's accelerometer, Gyro, yeah. it's gyroscope, and it has real face buttons on there. Um, at three forty-four, th- I don't know if this is trolling me personally, but out of all the games they showed, they showed a few different games. They showed Astro Smash, they showed that racing overhead single screen game, and they showed Evil Knievel. Knievel. As a game showed. Okay. You want right. to show a, a weird mobile game that's five years old in your pitch video? The Intellivision Classics are being remade. Again, they're not banking on the Intellivision brand and name, according to Tommy, but they are because they're showing the Intellivision Classics. They're going to be remade, and that's what's going on. Um, at 4.30, Texas Hold'em never accomplished on a proper video game system. He means seeing the cards. They had the plug and plays. I guess he's trying to splice words saying that wasn't a major game system. But that's okay. fair. That's fair enough. Fine. Uh, talks about Farkle at 445. Yeah, it's a, your dice. Your dice, dice game. That's the dice one. It's a packing game that we know of, but it's shown, and this was something I had an issue. We didn't talk about the, the launch games announced uh, for this console, four of which, by the way, going back to how it's being funded, I think I believe four of the packing games are being funded by German taxpayer dollars because they got German funding in order to uh, do these games. So German developers are making, hmm. like skiing, for example. We never really talked about that, but that's something that we look at the economic structure of this venture, what's going on. Uh, but when they showed Farkle, Ian, they're not even showing it being played on the Intellivision uh, console or with the controller. It's, a, it's the, you know, the screen in the guy's cubicle using an Android phone. Mm-hmm. So you're not even showing off your product in your pitch video. To me, that's weak. That's what, if I was on Shark Tank, I'd say that. What, where's the product? Um... CG renders being shown instead of the actual, which was again we in in in, in the pre-order video was it's all all CG renders of the, of ice versus the wood grain versus sure you know um the Karma Gaming System this is the one reason why I like this video and actually like this campaign on on figs because it actually explains the console better than we've ever been explained before the information all in one place the stuff that should have been on the website back in the fall is on that explaining what the hell is going on with this. So the Karma engine is the being... The insider info. The insider right. info is now there. Now that I people, made it that far without a shitty joke. Yes. Now that people have money charged on a console that hopefully comes out in the fall, now we have the information coming out after the fact. Sure. Um, so basically, what's the Karma engine is going to be an in-game difficulty uh, scale that alters based upon how well players are competing against each other. And so this is patent pending, according to... To Tommy, so he gave the example showing the um, the pong game. Well, your paddle, if you're winning, your paddle might get smaller compared to your uh, opponent's pong paddle. He said that's patent pending. Um, this sort of difficult in-game difficulty adjuster. Ian, is this something unique? No. To gaming? No. There are shooters that the better you do, the more difficult they get, or the easier they will get. Um, that's not unique at all. Um, NBA Jam famously utilizes rubber band AI, and so does Mario Kart. So this is not something these new are to all. Video games. These are all systems. I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but these are all systems that, you know, for playing with you know people of all ages, these are systems that do what that's talking about. They look at who's losing, 
and they give them a little boost. They find some way to do it, whether it's a little bit of speed or it's a better weapon in Mario sure. Kart, whether it's a higher shot percentage in NBA Jam. Oh, that's uh, the reason why when you're playing NBA Jam in the arcade, unless t- tournament mode was, was turned off, that's why you, you can never go up more than like nine points on your opponent. And they just start uh, hitting more shots. You know, there are shooters out there that will... Um, is Battlegreg one of them? But like Return Home is a game that I've played. There's all sorts of games that will alter the game based on how well or how bad or like how good or how bad you are doing. It's not unique. So I don't. I'm not a patent guy. I, unless this is a really unique thing, you can't get a patent on it. I don't know how it could be more. You. Unless we're Anyways, I, I get, I get, I get the place for this in the the uh, the Amico, you know, like pitch. Um, but I, yeah, it, it's not unique. I don't think that's a patent pending item. Uh, at 620, he talked about who's on the team. He said, uh, in quotes, I got the guy who helped bring Tetris to the world. I guess to show that we have a team of people. And I'm like, well, Tetris was brought to the world in what, the 87 or 88 with the arcade and then, and then with the ports to the Famicom and to, uh, so we're talking about something that happened 32 years ago, roughly, even before the Game Boy was brought to the world. Okay. Um, and, then, bite. and then finally, um, system and hardware, he says, are completed, even though you don't see it in the pitch video, which I think is interesting. So we don't, we don't have them on screen. He said, we have a $150 million line of credit for manufacturing. The rocket ship has been built. We are on the launch pad. So strap yourself in. It'll be one hell of a ride. And that's like the end of most Shark Tank uh, pitches, something like that. Uh, the $150 million line of credit is interesting uh, to me uh, just because I don't know how getting lines of credit that big works or what the collateral is. Obviously, you have to have some sort of collateral on the line to get credit like that. You're not going to. It's not like just like a credit card. Just hey, give me a million dollar line of credit. They're not going to do it unless they can prove that you can pay it back uh, there. But uh, again, to me, having the line of credit also means obviously you got to pay it back. So again, this goes back to needing investors to fund this thing. Uh, versus now we have you're touting a line of credit versus before we have investors to bring this to market. This is the first time I'm seeing something publicly stated like. And again, this is on a YouTube video that talking about we have a $150 million line of credit. I just don't understand that. I mean, I don't know enough about the business structure, but to me, that brings up as much red flags as confidence that, yeah, we can get this made, but it's not our own money making it. Yeah, but I have to wonder how many times it really is. Sure. So I I mean, is... is I, Devil's advocate, I will give credit, uh, benefit of the doubt on that just because I have no idea how things are manufactured, and maybe that's common. Uh, to me, that, that definitely seems like... I don't see why you would have to publicly say that. Like Again, why would you put this video out on, on YouTube for people to say to get confidence in your upcoming product? Because most of the consumers don't need to know this information or care about what your general marketing pitch to potential retailers and investors is. It, 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 it almost, to me, smells of... We are a real business. We're showing you real, real business. We're going to put out something that looks businessy for you, the consumer who doesn't know what inner workings are about, to show you that hey, we're doing businessy stuff that we can get this to market. Sure, is that fair enough? I guess so. I don't have a huge amount more to say about this, uh, but the fact that obviously, as we go more in the summer and more towards the fall, we will see what happens with with if if they shift the dates of this coming out, potentially continue more pre-orders or what have you. But this is a this is a strange sort of a bridge that's now crossed again with publicly seeking investors, but you have pre-ordered dollars. You usually do one or the other. Like usually you do a Kickstarter and you see we, we have enough money to make it or you get the investors. This is a weird hybrid that I have not 
I don't remember seeing something like this before. Right. That, that's all. So. All right, Ian, mm. this was alerted on Twitter. And um, it, it's strange to see this. I'm not shocked to see this. Um, it was an eBay listing. This isn't a scumbag seller of the week, potentially. But it's an eBay listed for a factory sealed Final Fantasy 2. You're probably saying, well, Final Fantasy 2 came out, right? Well, Ian, this was... Uh, it didn't come out here. Well, I mean, like, a, a, a Final Fantasy 2 yeah. came out on the Super Nintendo. Yes. But this is a Final Fantasy 2, a reproduction, on authorized reproduction of the U.S. prototype that was made by Time Walk Games. The box was, reproduction box. So WADA, I guess, and this is a WADA grade 9.6, so WADA, I guess, certifies and grades reproduction games. And I'm not sure how to feel about something like this when I see that. I don't feel anything negative about it, to be honest with you. It's not... WADA's just doing WADA stuff. They're just grading. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy II never came out over here. So it's not like it's a repro of a game that was readily available. It's not like they're doing a repro of Dinosaur Pete. Sure. Um, You know, fan translation released here. Uh, Legal to release it? No, but that's not WADA's problem. Um, If collectors... You know, I, this is something that it's just, it's strange to me to see it graded and it's strange to me to see it sold. It's just strange. But when I think about it and look at it, I don't see it. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with WADA grading. And if someone wants to, if, if they grade Nintendo cartridges and Nintendo boxes and this person has one, they can grade it by using the same principles that they grade other stuff. Sure, I, I I totally get that, and that's valid. But when you actually say it's certified, what are you certifying? You're certifying that it's a reproduction. It, it, I guess if it's not a from that run is the only thing I would say. And then I don't know how they're doing that. But like, yeah, I, that I mean the certification part. I don't know what that really means. But the grading of it, I I, I have no problems with that. Honestly, fine, grade it. You, you don't think this is a slippery slope potentially for what if you start grading, you know. Um, some some you know again this is not legal to sell this um in, in or to produce this obviously uh off of off of a game that never came out and it's not authorized by anyone but you don't think this is could lead into i don't know this this isn't technically a counterfeit of something since it didn't come out here but what if there's like a really nice counterfeit run of something you know or or do you like 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 those like those uh those turbo pc engine cd ones that are that look really great and, uh, and yeah. if you blink, you can confuse them with the real the real deal, some of those CD reproductions, well, for example. The truth of the matter is, I'm generally not a fan of those. As a matter of fact, I'm very much against those re-releases. Sure. Um, but they're the, nice packages. They're very nice. They're I'm, well-produced. I'm, I'm just against the people making all the money off of, you know, those games. But they, they're, 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 they're gorgeous. They are. They're very pretty. They're very nice box sets. Anyways, um, again, I don't know that I would care if Wada graded it, because Wada's not the one taking... ROMs and you know uh, sure do you think they should have a, a policy of what they will or will not accept that's like you know again th- this is why this is- I think that's very tough I, I think it's tough to say and I, I, I oddly I, I, I mean this is why I don't like it because I, it's not just about WADA themselves and, and whether or not they can make money grading this and I'm not actually placing the blame on WADA for, for taking this in to me this this reopens up that weird Pandora's box in a weird way about now we have a game that normally I don't know what the hell something like this would normally go for this this uh, this unauthorized repro. Yeah, I, I can't. But say now we go back to the territory of 
let's make money off of, of other people's obviously work that we didn't get the rights to do it. But now we enter that period again where you have people maybe thinking of overvaluing the prototypes again. When, when we just got to the point of, well, now a lot of these are coming out for free. They're not held for hostage anymore. But, you know, I still, I had a conversation with These some. are reasons why I don't like grading, though. This goes back to why I don't like grading. Okay. This goes back to why I don't like grading and why I don't like graded games. And I don't like what it necessarily does to, uh, what I don't like what it does to the hobby. But I'm, I'm just trying to look at this as a pure, as a pure um, service offered in exchange for money. If it fits the dimensions and can, and they can use the same, um, if they can use the same tactics to grade it, sure, the same rules, the, the same, same, rules, same rule book, same, the same grading rules system. to grade it, then I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It'd be like if we found like a really, I, I'm sure there are examples of something similar in comic books. I'm sure. Of, of of counterfeits or re- of, of counterfeits or weird shit or something like that. Oh, or reproductions being graded. Well, most of the reproductions from I know that like they would come out with like Amazing Fantasy fifteen years later in Germany, but those were still I think authorized. I don't think they were counterfeit. I'm trying to think of an example. I, I get it, but um, I, I I don't know. I, I'm trying in as many ways as I can to say that I don't get why people would do this. I don't like what it does to the hobby necessarily, but I. Don't blame Wada for doing it because they can use their existing skill set for doing it. And I, I think I think it's a slippery slope. I, I think there's there's a lot of harm that can come out of this. Again, I'm not putting the blame on, on Again, Wada. I think the harm comes out of well, sure. collecting, not this specific. But, but this is what I see. Because I had a had a conversation with a vendor who I was I didn't I didn't get in their face, but I was I was like, listen, I don't think it's cool. They were selling uh, you know, uh the the, the repro of the NES SimCity game. You know, with the box and everything. I said, listen, you guys, I, the reason why, I mean, I personally know the guy that put out thousands of dollars to, to, for, to enable you to sell that game. And that's why it annoys me. Sure. So once you go to that next step of grading that stuff, it, 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 it's not good for game preservation on some levels. Sure. Not on the surface. And you start monetizing something to a hyper extent that you should not have been able to monetize in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fair. But like that's, I said, I think, I think that just goes that's back to... That's not a lot of itself. I think that just goes back uh, to my, my problems with the collector market in general. Sure. Like but, I said, this, I, this, but, isn't, this isn't like the... the this, this is very different than the, the prototype thing that we gave them some shit for. Uh, oh, sure. This is very... Uh, th- th- this, I mean, that... But this is... But this, this, I just don't... Whatever, but, fine. But let's call it what it is. They have graded a commercially illegal product. I think that's what the to me personally that's where I think the line should be. We should not grade something that you could not put legally in a retail store. That's 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 just what I think about it. Maybe you can say Pat, you're you're too much of a curmudgeon when it comes to this. That's where I think the line you should see, be. See, it's not all about retail though. Some of these people just want that. No, no, I'm just telling you that to me what my line should be. Could this be a product that could get me in trouble selling in general? Then I should not be grading this. Sure, but Wada's not selling. But they're providing a service to help you sell it. They're, they're, they're in you the chain. You could just put it on your shelf. The, the same reason that eBay shouldn't be allowing this to be sold. They're, they're part of the chain. I agree with eBay. I don't agree with WADA grading something. Looking at it and going, by our best bets, Okay, we're going to say this uh, is a 9.6. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the hardcore right we're looking at We're are. looking at okay. cardboard in, in, in plastic, and they need to tell someone what condition it's in. Okay. And then again, this also to is me, in a perfect world where a grading body is a truly um, impartial... 
sure. uh, entity, and they never are. So there's always, I mean, and that, that's not a knock on water. That's that's, okay. that's everything. Okay, uh, okay. But I really don't think I, I really don't think passing a judgment on the condition of something, regardless of how legal or illegal it is to own or sell it, is okay. I, I think you're helping legitimize an illegal market by doing this. You're helping. You're, you're contributing to it. You are. I helped Direct- legitimize the drug market all through high school. I'm <laughs> fine. Yeah, no, but that's that's not being sold on eBay. <laughs> That's not unless you were trying to get away with your strips on eBay. That's I mean, all I'm saying. I, I, I see I'm, what you're saying, but I just uh, I don't have. There are other things. Maybe maybe in a different time frame, I would care more about this, but I just don't give a fuck right now. Okay, it's Corona times, man. I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> it's, not, not, not the beer, not the not the beer. I'd have blanked that out now with the, with a the frog sound or something. Oh well, a certain certain. <laughs> okay. All right, um, Ian. Actually, this is your topic to lead. Yep. Terra Onion. <laughs> uh, the lovely people uh, over at Terra Onion uh, who do lots of uh, neat FPGA stuff. They did the Super System 3. I think that's what it was called. Uh, that's the one that you plug into your PC Engine and it runs Sega CD games. Or Sega CD. Runs PC Engine CD and card games. They also did the um, FPGA Sega CD uh, cart um a uh, flash cart that can run the Sega CD games off of it. They do real, real cool shit. And they did a, I believe they were also the ones who had like the first, at least widely popular um, Neo Geo flash cart. Okay. Oh, they're the first Could ones? be wrong. Oh, I mean, I know they have one that's very popular. Oh, that was good, they, they were doing those like five, six years ago at first, weren't they? Yeah. They were expensive. So- Terra Onion is putting out something called Mode for the Saturn in Dreamcast. Mode stands for multi-optical device emulator, I think. Uh, they get away with multi, it. Multi-optical drive emulator. Multi-optical disc emulator. So, a drive emulator, disc emulator, um, best way to explain this to people who don't know what, they, what, what it is, best way I can explain it is, think of it as a flash cart for your CD-based system. Um, you open up your Dreamcast or your Saturn, you remove the laser lens mechanism, you the whole structure. And these have existed before. Uh, you either solder in or with this new one I'll get to in a minute. Plug it in, and it sits where the laser lens was, and there's usually a USB port for like a USB drive or uh, an SD card. SD card, okay. <laughs> and then you can close the lid, and it's neat because it the system looks the same. You don't ever have to change any disks. It sits flush. You, okay. you still have a disk tray, even though you're not using it. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> they're, they're neat things. Um this does basically what these do for disc-based systems is replace the need for a flash card. A flash card on, say, an NES, you get an N8 flash card. You put your SD card in with all your ROMs. You fire it up and you play. With one of these, you installed in your system. You drop the SD card in there. You fire yeah. up the ROMs and you 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 play. You play sure. the disc images. Um, this one uh, is nice because it's uh, solderless. From what I read, it's just plug and play. Okay. Um, I believe the original. So the original, the original drive emulators, disc emulators that I remember were called Phoebe and Rhea. Uh, they were for Saturn and for Dreamcast. I believe you had to solder them in. You can't were buy they, those. Were separate products? Yeah, they were separate products. Okay. You can't buy them anymore. I don't believe, and I know that uh, you can't buy them anymore. Um, so this takes those two products essentially. They're from a different person. They're not Terra Onion. Um, but it, it's taking the need for two of them and turning it into one unit, one SKU. You could technically, if you wanted to, swap them between the two. Um, or run down the features? Auto region patching. Yeah. Games uh, the the feature region. list is pretty great, too. Auto detects the console is plugged into, so no jumpers. So that's cool. So 
I'm not sure how hard it's going to be to unplug it, open up your Dreamcast, and put it into your Saturn, but you don't have to worry but about it. But it'll know if it's a Saturn or a Dreamcast. Yes. Um, you can use a, a SATA 2.5-inch hard drive compatible with XFAT format, which means you can throw a little hard drive in there on top of a micro SD or USB or thumb drive. Yeah, see, that's crazy. That's good, yeah. right? Um, let's see. Uh, then 100% compatible with all Saturn Dreamcast games, because you're using the hardware. Compatible with CDI, GDI, burns, all that stuff, all the different ways that things are burned. No soldering required. Uh, you can do a list view or uh, cover art view. Um, supports multiple disc games, so you can do disc swapping if you want to play something like Shenmue. Zero seek times, obviously, because there's no laser. Um, supports the MPEG card action replay, etc. Same RAM card. Oh, and okay. <coughs> that's good. And then... Uh, so you, it's like it's like a, it's weird because it's like now okay yeah yeah it's, like I said, it's like a flash card but you still need to put like a RAM card in, you know for for some of your games for example yep. for like your Fire Pro you need to get that get that uh that load up, you know. For- so yeah. Anyways, I think this is a very cool product. Um, it's definitely expensive, but a lot of this good electronic stuff. What does it cost, Ian? It's 182 pounds. So let's put Pat that math? at probably about 225. I'll say two two oh five. Well, I'll look it up for sure. Okay. Um. So it's expensive, but if it does what it says on its tin, I mean, you get what you pay for, and uh, hobbyist electronics are almost never cheap. Oh, that's euros, Ian. That's not pounds. Oh, euros. Sorry. Yeah, okay. So my pound, because originally when you said pounds, I was like, that's a little bit more than euros. It's, it's about $198. Let's just say $200, 180 euros. Okay. So honestly, putting that closer to 200 that's honestly, I mean, sure, that's expensive just as a $200 item is expensive, but I honestly don't think that's that crazy for something that's plug and play. Can be used um, for either, especially that has all those options. Because I'm not sure that Phoebe and Rhea offered that. As a matter of fact, they may have just been USB. That okay, could be wrong. So that throw, could be you, wrong. You have to throw like your 16 gig. The the, the first ones drive. I remember seeing like specifically showed USB sticking out. Although I'm sure they may have SD card as well. Okay. All right. I do know that like you can still get the. Uh, I couldn't find a Saturn one for sale. A Saturn. Uh, I think Saturn was Phoebe. But the Amazon, you can buy. We have to do our due diligence. On Amazon, there were Dreamcast versions of this available, um, and they were about half the price of this. Again, I'm not sure what all the features are. I'm trying to bring up Amazon now. For some reason, it's crawling my internet, but I did look up once. Okay, here we go. So, it could be. I, I, uh, hopefully, Dreamcast. the features are what's making it more expensive and not just a, a name brand. Um, I mean, flashcards, hey, they do the same thing, but a $100 flashcard and a $200 flashcard can do vastly different things. So fl- fla- Dreamcast flash drive... You can buy one. The drive simulation board is 126 on Amazon plus shipping. There's one, the Quingia one is $102 on Prime. So there are Dreamcast ones available. We have to let people know. There are Dreamcast ones available, but I don't know if they offer all the same things, and they're definitely not both Dreamcast and Saturn. Sure. So, but if you need to get both, it'll cost you two hundred bucks. Yeah. Should be as far four, as, I, four, as, far as four hundred if you want to put them both in both consoles at the same time. How many people are, are fans of both that hardcore for both Dreamcast and Saturn? Is there a lot of people thinking they're of, both? A lot of Sega fans. I like both of them. So you got to buy both because it'll it'll be a pain in the ass to pop it out, maybe and pop back in. I don't know. Yeah. This is also one of those things where you look at it. I mean, you can also say, "Hey, emulation is free," um, but you look at but Saturn emulation is not perfect, and. Uh, this is a nice in between for people who want to use real hardware on a real TV and don't want sure. to spend the the money that is it that it yeah. is excessive. Saturn Dreamcast Saturn collecting is insane, and Dreamcast is not far behind it. So this could be your your way. It's like, hey, I want to play some expensive Saturn games. Emulators aren't that great still for a lot of them, and I'll just get this for two hundred bucks and I'll be set. Right, and just find the, the all these games are on the internet. 
you can tour in all these mm-hmm. these games at this point, right? So okay, well check it out. You go to uh, terraonion.com and you know you could uh, see if you. That's an interesting name, Terra Onion. Now I'm getting hungry. Intermittent, intermittent fasting there. This portion of the CU podcast is sponsored by NordVPN. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and you can too if you care about the privacy. And the security of your information, NordVPN is giving you 70% off, Ian. Not 70% off, Ian, but 70% off a three-year plan. Only $3.49 <laughs> a month when you go to NordVPN.com slash podcast or use code podcast at checkout. Plus, you get an extra month of NordVPN for free. Today, it's very, very important to have a VPN. Uh, if you're doing anything online, your information and browsing habits are out there for anyone to get hold of. When you use NordVPN, there are thousands of super-fast servers in 60 countries, and those connections secure your information using military-grade encryption. And there's no data logging. That means your information and what you do online is nearly impossible to track. There's an automatic kill switch, which shuts off the internet if you're disconnected from the VPN, and it works even in China and in the Middle East countries like United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia. There is a NordVPN app, Ian, for your phone, your laptop, computer, so that means when you're getting free Wi-Fi, at the coffee shop, airport, whatever, walking around, things like passwords and banking info are harder to get a hold of. It works on PC, Mac OS, Android, iOS. There's unlimited bandwidth and a money-back guarantee. Other potential benefits, maybe you can hop on servers around the world and you know, access different streaming videos on different services that you couldn't where you live. I'm just saying, we're inside. You can, you can try it. Start taking your internet security seriously. Again, get that special offer. Get 70% off a three-year plan and one extra month of NordVPN for free by going to nordvpn.com slash podcast or use code podcast. Take control of your internet experience today with NordVPN. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon. Mm. Actually, we're not at the Patreon yet. Mm. We have a scumbag... Seller? Sellers week. of the week. week. So this article comes to us from Vice. Well, this topic is a Vice article. And this is about resellers using checkout bots are driving the Nintendo Switch shortage. Motherboard traced some of the recent automated Switch buying to a particular new bot that anyone can use. This article is by Joseph Cox. During the global coronavirus pandemic, demand for the... I should have blanked that out. During the certain public health crisis, demand for Nintendo Switch console has skyrocketed and retailers have repeatedly run out of stock. Season and opportunity, some price gougers on Amazon and eBay are selling Switches for hundreds of dollars over the recommended retail price. So we talked about bot buying before. And we did speak about it, I believe, when the Switch came out. We brought this up. This isn't an entirely new topic, right. I, I think, to this program. Or using sites like BrickSeeker, for example, where you could uh, they base them off of that and they, they go to the inventory, automatically buy them. Or you use BrickSeeker to even see what's in inventory or your local stores. This is not new. No, and now, I think we brought it up actually when we were talking. I Because didn't we? Did we ever talk about We did. The... Uh, the Supreme Pinball Machine that Stern made. I mean, people who are into like sneakers and clothing they and fashion, they use these. Th- that, that's where this comes from. Is you know people who are using these to get limited edition items, you know, clothing items and things like that. But what's what's interesting about this one, Ian, is that this is a bot that was created specifically to get these switches. That's what this article uh, looks at right here. So uh, this bot uh, is being offered. It's called, what is it called? The Bird Bot, right? And so its creator said, I decided to make it as a joke, but I, but I quickly realized how, just how powerful it could be. Nate, the creator of Bird Bot, the open source tool for quickly purchasing switches, told Motherboard in an online chat. So now that this is on the market, um, 
you know, it's fair game. Everyone's out and doing this. There's picture a picture posted here. I guess there's a Discord server. People are talking. There's a Birdbot Discord server. One guy shows a box of it's it's like he has like ten of these in a box that he he used with this to purchase. Uh, Nate is a reseller himself, although he sticks mostly to sneakers. He told Motherboard. Nate acknowledged that the bot is designed for both resellers and people who want to grab a switch for themselves. The only problem with that is that most average person doesn't know about this shit or right, how to use exactly. it. They're not tech savvy. The people enough. who know about this and use it are the people who already know about it and use it. Yes. Me and my friends were talking about reselling Nintendo Switches, and at one point, my friend nicknamed Bird told me I should make a bot, and here we are today, Nate said. This week, around 600 users were in the Bird Bot support Discord server. When Motherboard joined, chat logs from the server indicate it has up to 1,000 participants recently. Some of the users explicitly say in sections of the group chat that they are trying to sell consoles or they share screenshots of offers they have received for their stock. I love the screenshots. I always hear about other crap about people bragging about screenshots of of stuff that they're scalping. It's like you got to brag about it on top of it. Oh, look at this. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm gouging people. Um, Others are trying to capitalize on the stimulus checks the Treasury Department is sending to Americans this week. Here's a quote. Yeah, mine are taking so long to deliver. I want them to hurry up while someone still has some money. One apparent reseller said, referring to this, which is you fucking scumbag. Um, Birdbot users are managing to source switches in bulk, according to screenshots shared in the Discord, especially in the hashtag success channel. On Thursday night, one moderator of the community posted a Walmart link in the important section, adding everyone in stock. Within minutes of Motherboard checking the link, all the switches have been sold. All of them from Walmart. The bot herders don't always win, though. Some users reported canceled orders from retailers. Wow. Okay. I also saw, also in this article, it said that they sometimes get uh, insider info from people that work for some of these stores with the links before they go live. So then making it then impossible... Well, to get it, even if it launches real quickly. So, you're not shocked that this stuff happens, but obviously with what's going on in the world right now, it just, it just gets just that another, another uh, mark of sleaziness on top of it. But hey, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend doing this, um, but if you want to, uh, you know, not have to pay a scalper, uh, apparently you can uh, build your own Switch. Yes. Well, real quick before we get to that. I want more and more people to know about this. This is why. The more people that know about this, the harder it is for each individual scalper oh, yeah. to make profit off this, and plus it evens the odds. Yeah. So the, I want this to be, to be oh, yeah. known. The more people who know about it, download it, and even just run the bot to fuck around. Are, yeah. yeah, I want millions of people to know about this. Yep. It evens the playing field. Then, and then maybe that scalper can only buy uh, two or three instead of buying 20. So it, 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 it helps everyone... The more it's capitalism, the more people know about something like this, and it's not hidden, you know, in the dark. So go go download the Bird Bot if you're looking for a switch. I want more and more people to get this. And then the fi- one of the final quotes was was uh, that there. Oh, I, I can't wait for. Uh, oh, I can't wait for them to do the the. Yeah, I, I can't wait till the the mass restock because Nintendo is shipping more of these. Again, please wait. Please I wait can't wait these. for the mass restock either. I can't wait. To, is that a person who's scalping saying that? Someone scalping said, like, I can't wait till the mass restock. I'm not sure why. Because anyway, you're going to try to buy 50 or I was going to say, I, stuck I, with them? Oh, I, 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 I can't wait for it either because it's going to be great when they decide that they're going to fucking try to push it over the line just one more time and, and then, end up with fucking 50 Nintendo Switches. And then, 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 then hopefully the retailer saying you can't return all these items. You bought them. Yeah. Because that happened with the, happened with the Wii U. Remember the Wii U? People, a lot of scalpers, because yep. there was not as much demand and yeah. there was more, more supply, a lot of scalpers got fucked on the Wii U. Thankfully, remember the pyramid shots of the Wii yeah. U's. I love watching a scalper get fucked. It's one of my just favorite things in life. Yeah, because it because uh, it, it's a, you people don't factor in their time 
to to into this their time and effort and the losses they take accumulating this stuff uh, besides obviously you're losing money on on some platforms and taxes and things like that but all it takes is like one bad guess to wipe out your gains that you you made yeah even like a year or two before that's all it takes potentially when it comes to this stuff so that's why I love it. So, Ian, what were you saying about making my own switch? Well, it was under, I thought it was you know going to be part of this. Uh, usually, yeah. we do this comeback seller last. So, it's uh, uh, the guy did build a switch. A guy went out, sourced the parts, and built the switch. That's what he's saying. And uh, you know, we'll try to take that at face value. Um, it seems unreasonable for that to be a thing that happens, but people have done it before. There was a guy who built an iPhone, uh, a, an iPhone from scratch. Sure. Uh, doing the same thing. He sourced the parts. Um, so uh, this article uh, by Andrew Lazuski on Kotaku or Gizmodo, um, you know, goes a little bit more into the details of it. Um, the guy does have uh, a a tutorial, I believe. Yes. On how the to user do is Sarbaz thirty seven. It's a tutorial on how to do it. But yeah, so uh, he sourced all the parts. And there's pictures here of all the different parts. Um, he sourced them from Chinese factories and repair centers. Uh, took him about a month to source all the parts, and said that it took about it was about two hundred dollars to get all the parts. That probably does not include the Joy Cons, or does that include? The, oh, it includes. The you Joy can Cons. build your own switch for about two hundred. Okay, include using replacement and repair parts bought from China and online auctions. Okay, so the Joy Cons that'll probably that's going to run you. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then the build itself looks pretty crazy, but at the end of it, he's got. Uh, you know, a Nintendo Switch that looks, honestly, shockingly, kind of like mine. Only his controllers are green and mine are purple. He's got he's got, a he's real, got the translucent. He's got a real D pad on his left one too. Yeah, so does, <laughs> so does mine. That like I, that, those are probably the exact same cases that are on mine. Only okay. mine are clear purple and his are clear green. Gotcha. Um, so it looks nice. I mean, it looks absolutely like a Switch. I would love to see the uh, inside of it. I know I can pull that picture up. Uh, if I go to the other website, um, way too complex for me. And as yeah. the article states, uh, this is probably more of a, I just wanted to see if I could do it sort of thing. Um, you know, for a hundred bucks less than what it would cost you to buy a new one, if you could find one, um, or the same price as a light and going the official way, obviously there's no op- opportunities to screw up. Um, it's said that there are many, many places that this build could go absolutely horribly wrong. Oh, sure. Um, so, you know, that it's it, it's not like you can do, you know, for 75 bucks, you can go out there and give this a go. Uh, you know, there's there's some risk involved, um, and it may not be worth it. But it's still neat to see someone do it, and uh, it's the stuff that I like to see right now during this lockdown. Um, people going nuts and getting clever with how they're going to do shit. Okay, I'm looking at the parts right now. Uh, oh, the, the parts with the prices... On it that does not include the Joy-Con. Oh, so you're still going to be spending two fifty or so. Yeah, we'll just say to get two Joy Cons used or about that much. Yeah. Oh, oh I got to sneeze. Oh, cover my shirt. Oh, okay. I felt I, I fended off the sneeze. Great. Um, so I guess what is what's the you've got to find get the firmware file and load it up and you're good to go. Yeah, that's the question that I I, I have more questions about how they got the software on there than the hardware. But there it is. I guess you. Yeah, you just take it off the switch somehow. I guess if you know how to do this, you can do that. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, I'm sure you can get it. I mean, it, you can get the firmware file from Sony for the PlayStation 4. You might be able to get the firmware file from Nintendo's yeah, website. I'm sure and just 
or transfer it, it. It's floating around. Yeah. It's been well, that was more my question. Yeah. It, was it gotten in a, a legit way or a non-legit way? But I'm sure, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was probably just a legitimate firmware update. You can probably just get it like you can, like I said, the Sony or the Microsoft ones. This would be something if I had free time. I'd be like, ah, screw it. Let's try to do this. If I know how to solder, I still learn how to solder, but, you know, once I learn that, is that the most complicated thing? You know how to solder? Or is there anything else you have to I mean, it looks like extremely complicated soldering. Oh, it's, just, it's complicated. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, we're going to connect that. No. That. Okay. So that's why this is not for a, even a beginner or a moderate. You need, you need to be no, this is this. this is an advanced thing. This is advanced. Okay. I was trying to think too bad someone could be, uh, no, you get, Nintendo would come after you. If you sold these, you know, mass-produced with their firmware on it, yeah, they would fucking... Yeah. They would come... At that point, they would come to your doorstep with bats if, if you did that. Well, you know, it would be interesting. How much of an existing Switch could you have, say you repaired, with repair parts, and then sell before it becomes like a Theseus ship where it's just completely a new thing? Could I take... I see what you're saying. Like it just like, has the motherboard. I, I, I'm I'm just joking, but like take two controllers and then say, well, I completely destroyed my center part of it, so I just rebuilt it from scratch and sold it. There must be some. some I'm law- sure there is. There but must I, be but some I, lawsuit out there I, about. I just that. I want to I want to know where that where, the line is. where that line is. How much of of a thing can you replace and repair and, because before and it call, is no longer and, the same. And thing. call it the original, not a counterfeit, is what you're saying. Yes, that's a good question, Ian. That's something for Nintendo lawyers that probably they probably know. <laughs> I see what you're saying, right? You're like, oh, you know, I just swapped out eighty percent of it, and you know, I'm selling it. Yeah. That's that's one of those things that's always like uh, just going back to back to it. It's one of those things that I play with in my head all the time. The the the, the idea of a Theseus ship. Like, at what point is it no longer the Theseus? Just explain. So, a Theseus ship is a ship that uh, was in was Theseus' ship, and it was basically in service for so long. And went through so many repairs that eventually not a single part of the ship was original. Sure. Is it still the same ship? Sure. That's like our bodies. Every cells re- the cells are replaced every seven years on our bodies. Oh, oh. there you go. You know, or some some bullshit like that. I'm like, yeah, we look the same though. We're, you know, we're not that different in seven years. Well, the hair changes in seven years. And I've had long hair now for seven years. It was it was early 2013 and my hair was growing out. Pat fact there. Sorry. Now I really want a lawyer to get back to me on that. I'm very curious about at what point does it stop being a genuine article. Lawsuit. Was it Theseus? How do you spell that? Theseus. T-H-E-T-S-E-U-S. Theseus. Okay, there's nothing about that. Oh, there's Theseus trademark and copyright law. Uh... Someone named Theseus Al? No, that's, that's a right. lawyer. I'm going to have to look okay. into this one. All right, that's, that's interesting, though, because you're saying it's like, well, again, the, the point is that, like, what if someone charged to sell a Switch and there's, like, nothing original about the Switch or anything? Yeah, what if someone brought in a Switch for repair and it was so badly beaten that I essentially just built a new one from scratch? Would I be but charged maybe with selling a counterfeit? maybe the firmware is still on the original chip. Right. Like, uh, or what have you. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> Scratching my brain. I want to know. <laughs> All right, Ian, we got a Patreon poll topic. Hmm. Ian, how do you access a Patreon Patreon poll? Patreon.com slash CU podcast. And Ian unfortunately had a delay. His his hangout is going to hopefully happen this This Sunday. That was the second delay, and I'm still in a shitload of pain, but I have a TENS unit now, and hopefully I'll be able to be there. Okay, and and Pat wrote about uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Entertainment. I did a a long-form Star Trek write-up. I finally saw Star Trek Three. It was not that good. I'll just say that. And well, they always uh, say it's the evens, not the odds, right? Yes, but I always heard Star Trek Three was the exception. It's not the uh, exception. It's not good. 
Leonard Nimoy directed it. Uh, I found out later. He's in the movie for like three seconds uh, himself. But uh, yeah, check it out. It's on patreon.com slash see podcast. But we do a Patreon poll every week. Ian. We do. In third place, does Red- Resident Evil 4 need a remake? No. We don't really care about that. In second place, a deep dive into Uh Nope. And in number one, uh, Tales from Pat's Neighborhood, or really Tales from Pat's Neighborhood, Pat's Fight with Jeff. I'm not sure I ever tell, told this whole story on the podcast before, or I, I, I give little pieces and blips here and there about it. So we're going to talk about Pat's Fight with Jeff. This goes back to uh, grade school, Ian. This would have been summer, not summer, spring of 94, and I know the specific date for a reason. Uh, which I'll get to, which I'll bring up right here. So this would have been, it was, it was in May 11th, 1994. And later you're going to ask me, how the hell do I know that? Uh, anyway, so this would have been, wow, two days after my birthday. Really? Um, so I had a friend named Jeff who Jeff was not like a friend. Usually when you're in grade school, K to eight, you know, the same people for mostly 90% of the same kids go through that span of time. Right. Uh, Jeff came about, I want to say, four to five years earlier. It was about 10, 11. And I met Jeff originally because I did I did uh, Little League. I did Little League. And Jeff had, like, the hardcore dad that, like, really pushed him. And, you know, he um, he had the batting gloves. He had the expensive aluminum bat. When I couldn't even afford aluminum bat, I had, like, a freaking old Louisville slugger, uh, you know, bat. And, and his dad was kind of, you know, he was always like the, the – I was on Jeff's team, like, three years. And Jeff was an above-average player but had dreams of being a baseball player. And but his dad pushed him, uh, and his mom was really nice. And I became friends with Jeff. And uh, he was kind of kind of awkward. Jeff, his parents were kind of older. Looking back, like his mom had just like I always remember this. His mom had like white hair. I mean, like white white hair. So it was always like I always felt like either, you know, Jeff's mom had him at the cutoff of being able to have a kid, or he was adopted. But he looked like his dad. So there was something that was was there. But Jeff was kind of awkward. But he was a happy go lucky lucky kid. And so, you know, he was, like, on the periphery of being within certain social groups and friends. Uh, you know, while you're looking up something. I'm totally unrelated to what I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, so, um, stop looking up uh, 80s actresses. So, so Jeff and I got along. Now you just put something in my head. So, anyway, so, <laughs> oh, I don't know what it is. So, uh, Scream Queens. Anyway, so, so Jeff and I got along pretty well. Uh, when I was younger, though, I got along with... I was weird, not 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 a chameleon, but I got along with almost all the different cliques of kids. There was like kind of the jock group, and I was kind of I kind of knew a few of those kids. There was the asshole kind of more bully aggressive kids, and I kind of got along with them. And there was like the more like moderate kids, and I got along with them. And and so I talked to everyone was 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 mostly friends for everyone. But yeah, they tried. I was trying to get bullied, and I was made fun of too, like everyone else, every now and then, because I was you know thick but quick. I was chubby, I was fat, I was husky, even back then. But but Jeff. Uh, at some point in time, he got a little more weird, a little uh, more weird as a friend because he would like he. I guess he was lonely and he didn't have the same sort of groups of friends like I do. Like I could ride my bike and hang out with Kevin, right? You know, like he was like a ten minute ride away, an old Kevin, or hang out with you know with with Joey, you know, who was like you know, uh, like he was like a quick car ride. Right? Jeff was a little more off the beaten track, so Jeff started calling me more and more, and he was annoying. 
Uh, when you're and when you're 13, 14 years old, anything can become annoying. He would he would call me up on a Saturday night saying, "Hey, you want to come over and play video games?" Like at eight thirty at night or eight o'clock at night. It was like sort of weird. He was he was an only child, so you kind of expect that. Okay, maybe he's lonely. Maybe his parents he doesn't get along with. Something was going on there. Um, but then I don't know. Something just turned where he just became annoying even in school. And I'll never forget this. I never had crushes in school. Just about never had crushes except for in first grade. There was a girl that looked just like she came off of, the, of, a, of a can of Swiss Miss cocoa, blonde hair and freckles. What happened to you, Katie? Anyway, and then in eighth grade, so let's say seventh grade, I had a crush on a girl named Joanna. Really cute girl. She had really nice fat Polish cheeks, and she was she was a sweetheart, a nice smile, brown hair, and they would seat you in class to break up the talkers. Ian, I don't think this you're you would sit next to a girl. They almost, yeah. So they did that. And so one time I, you know, I was next to Joanna for like one, you know, they did it every two months. They swear. I was like, oh, this is a great thing. And we got along. Okay. So Jeff, I guess, noticed that I had a crush on her and he started teasing me about it. But in front of Joanna, like after class, before you go to your school bus. And when you're like 13 years old, that's like, you might as well just fucking cut my dick off at that point. Like, that's the worst feeling in the world. Uh, to be called out on something like that. Hey, Pat, you know, but, but I think Jeff deep down, I don't know if he was he was uh, more annoyed at me because I wasn't hanging out with him as much anymore or what, but he started doing these things more and more to me. And I didn't like it, especially when it's the only girl I like. And, you know, and like, what are you doing? You're humiliating me. So things sort of came to a weird head. And this was someone I, I was kind of friends with. So we had our, we had two lunch periods at my Catholic school, two lunch periods. Uh, I, it was like almost like alternating. So it was like K, Two, four, six, eight was one, and then like one, three, five, seven was the other. So literally half the school was at my lunch period. We ate lunch, say like maybe eleven o'clock in the morning, and we had the teachers all in the back. They all got in the back, and all the tables. It was like set up like bingo uh, for the bingo nights they had. It was like one of those cafeterias that were like kind of in the basement but off to the side. Yeah. I was just saying, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So um, it was literally like the eight foot tables. In long, long columns. Here's 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 the one class. Uh, we had two classes in eighth grade, eight A and eight B. Probably did at my Catholic school too. This column, eight A, eight B, and you weren't supposed to mingle, but people did. Yeah. Here's you know here's six A, six A B, six C. Here's four. So we're like twelve to fifteen columns there. So Jeff was uh, at this particular lunch period. Jeff was sitting across to me to my left, and then Rob. And Hughie were the only uh, other people to like to the right across from me, and so and Rob was an asshole. Uh, Rob used to pick on me, but he got better more seventh eighth grade. He he like calmed down a bit, but he was still a jerk. Sure, in general, he's make fun of me on the bus. He used to make fun of me in front of other kids. Um, so I'll get into why that's important later. So um, so I was still pissed at Jeff for humiliating me. In front of Joanna, or I felt humiliation, and I felt like, "What is this kid doing? Like this kid's turned on me." Really, the past month, this kid's turned on me. Now he really annoys me. So I don't know what caused it, but this is what happened. This is the lead up to the fight. Rob goes, "Hey, Pat, can you can you reach the trash can?" It was like he was. That's why he talked to talk like this with his brushes. He was he was like he, he looked and sounded like Beavis, kind of. Um, so the trash cans were at like at the end of the you know the, these columns, right? Basically. Um, so it would have been to my right. Jeff was to my left in front of me. Rob was also to my right in front of me. 
So for some reason, I was closer to the trash can. I go, oh, Trey Park, can you reach the trash can? And it looked, went to hand me like his like brown bag. And I went over to, um, I'll never forget this. I went over and tapped Jeff's sweatshirt. And I said, yes, I can, I can, as in your trash. And that sent Jeff off for some reason. So what, what did Jeff do, Ian? How did he respond? This is how he responded. He got up with his bragged about that his mom must have been a town used to make him homemade, like almost like Elio's pizzas. He got up, threw his sloppy ass pizza right across my face and chest. Onto, I'll never forget this. It was my sweatshirt. I, I, it might have been gym day where you wore sweats to school. Uh, if not, no, I don't think it was gym day. I was just wearing, I had, I had my, my, my um, you were allowed to wear a sweatshirt of, of your school. You had to buy your school sweatshirt. Right. Fucking oregano sloppy ass pizza sauce all over my chest and this was loud because he got up like Trevor and he threw it so now um, it's not a commotion yet but the other 8th grade class they all turn and look I know so at least at least the spotlight's on me now I'm sitting there like okay what do I do quickly if I tell you this I look like a chump he's already annoyed me up to this point right what do I do so like, okay, let's see where this goes. I get up. By the way, I never got in trouble in school. I never got sent to the principal's office. I was rarely yelled at by teachers. I was a good straight-A student at this point. Wearing my thick thick glasses with my with my chub, chub hanging out and my my uh, George Clooney haircut at the time. Like, that was the, the Roman haircut, whatever, popped at the time. I get up. Everyone is watching me. I mean, like, you can hear a pin drop. Like, the girls are on a separate s- section. And the, the guys are in a separate section. I walk. It was kind of awkward because, like, I'm all slathered up with this sauce. <laughs> and we had these eight-foot tables that were connected together. And I was, like, six of them deep. I had to walk, like, 40 feet down, slowly, do-do-do-do-do, turn the corner, come back to the other side. And Jeff was standing up. At the time, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had to do something or else I look like a chump at, at this point. So I remember this. I pushed Jeff once. He didn't do anything. I pushed him aggressively again against like the seats. He then swung and hit me. I can't remember this day if it was a punch or a slap, Slap. but it was to the face and I blacked out, unfortunately. And now it's all flashes of what happened. I remember throwing one punch, maybe a second to his face. He went down. And at that point, all I remember is that seven people dragged me off of him because I was pounding him on the ground. Like I would, like I would have potentially really hurt this kid. Right. I literally blacked out. And uh, I'll get into why that was really bad later. Um, literally, kids I, I heard later from who dragged me off him were kids from the other class that literally jumped the table <laughs> to drag me off them. And. Obviously, I was at that point. I was crying because, like, you have adrenaline, and what the fuck just happened? I, I only got into like maybe four or five fights as a kid. So, like, and plus, I I knew I was going to get into big trouble. So the teachers obviously saw it. They were in the back, and it was a huge commotion. Half this fucking school saw it. I beat the right. I beat the shit out of this kid in front of half the school. This is the worst case scenario for getting into trouble. I got to be made an example of. Right. So the eighth grade teachers brought us out, and I was crying. We go upstairs to the nurse's office and to check on him. He had bruises all over his head. Ooh. I, I got some shots. I gave him a fucking aspirin. Yeah. Um, 
So we had we had a a nun since we had a you know we had a nunnery right there. We had some nuns nuns as teachers, and we had a nun as her principal. And she was a nice nun. She was like one of the happy go lucky war nuns, not the ones that would still slap your you know your wrist with rules. That didn't happen in our school, but we had those teachers from that era that at that point were like eighty years old still in the school in the nineties. Right. You know that would like really wrap your hands and abuse you. So I'll never remember this. We were in the principal's office. Jeff goes in first. And and Jeff um, gets talking to, and she said to him, I remember listening to this, even the door closed, he goes, so I heard you got in a few hits on him, huh? To Jeff, who who got one hit on me that I blacked out, by the way. And then talked for like five minutes, he comes out. And me and Jeff at this point were like, once you fight as when you're boys, you're usually cool after that. Yeah, it's usually it, over. It wasn't like bragging, like, hey, I kicked the shit out of you. It's yeah. like traumatic, and you know, it's an explosion of testosterone, and then it's, it's out of you, right? I walk in then to the principal. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. She fed the same line to me as a, like a joke relaxer. So I heard you got a few shots in. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. You just said that to the kid in front of me. You can't reuse the same material on, on me. What's going on here? <laughs> so I don't remember much from that conversation. But I do remember that she said you will be suspended for three days. That was a huge fucking deal. Yeah. No one really got suspended at my school. Like It happened like once every three years. At my school. In our school's kids were always getting suspended for fighting. Oh, they were? Even when you were in grade school? Uh, middle school. Middle, yes. Okay. Starting starting at like 6th, 7th, 8th. Was that, was that public? Yeah. Okay. Well, this was a big deal at a Catholic school. Sure. Like one kid um, got suspended for um, forearming a kid in the face, like a running start and forearming a kid in the face and like fucking broke part of his tooth. He was suspended. But it was so rare this happened. Um, so... Like my, my dad was out of work at a time. I remember that. So like, they called my parents, obviously. Didn't say much to Jeff after that. Didn't say, I might have said, I'm sorry. I don't even remember that. But I was suspended for three days. And at that point, it wasn't known. Like some suspensions are like, you get zeros for everything while you're suspended. You hear that bullshit? It's like mm-hmm. you, you punish the kid even more, uh, which doesn't make any sense. Our suspensions were, you're still allowed to do you know work from home. And then you come. Yes. Back. So you're just, they just want to separate you. They want to show a punishment and they separate you. Yes. They can't not, they can't just give you detention for getting into a fight in front of half the school. Literally half the, the fucking little, I felt bad little kindergarten kids have to see or little first graders or, or what have you. Um, so called my dad. I'll never forget this. My, this, this, this goes to the soul of my dad. He didn't ask really like, Oh, you know, like all he asked was like, "Oh, how are you feeling?" He said, "Did you start it?" That's the only. That's the first thing my dad asked. And fortunately, I was like, "Technically, no, I didn't start it." The pizza thing, yeah, I touched him and said, "You're trash," but that didn't call for a response of throwing pizza across someone's fucking face and chest. You know. Yeah. So, 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 um, I said, "No, I didn't start it," and he said, "Okay, fine." So my dad didn't punish me. So my dad picked me up. I got my my I got my my teachers had my plans for the next few days, and the kids were shocked. Because I was like the good student, like almost goody two shoes kid that beat the hell out of someone. Right. So my reputation after this changed. Like for like people sure. like, wow, Pat, you're a cool kid. But I didn't want that. I didn't feel good about this. I didn't feel good about it because Jeff was like wrong place, wrong time. He was not the proper target for this beatdown. Sure. It should have been someone like Rob who used to make fun of me and maybe cry like a few years before. It should have been someone like Joey, the little punk who I used to be friends with, became a bully because he had a Napoleonic complex and used to push me and other kids around. I should have taken this out on one of those fucking bully assholes. I, so I felt horrible after the fact. 
about that. I didn't take any glee into coming back to school and being like people, uh, you know, like teasing Jeff a little bit for getting his ass kicked or, or putting me up on a little pedestal because I beat someone down because I blacked out. Right. Like, I, it was... And to this day, like, I want to apologize to Jeff for doing that because you weren't the proper target. There was like four other kids that deserved that beat down way more than you ever did by that. But you threw the pizza on me, so I had to do something. Like, you know, there was a little, little over the line there. But um, the reason I know the date of the fight is because the crow came out. Oh. <laughs> so my dad said, are you okay? This is like the one of the few times my dad, I guess... I have good memories of like my dad being like sentimental or knowing how bad I felt about something. Unfortunately, was that he said, "Oh, okay, it's okay, it's so fine. I'll go, I'll go take you to see the crow." A nice, violent, R-rated movie, by the way. But I'll take you to see it. And so I'll never forget that. I'll never forget like that. You know that that's that's what happened there. And um, yeah, I only got into four fights before as a kid. I never felt good after any of them. I beat up one kid. When I was about 12, I insulted my sister. And I never defended my sister's honor. But for some reason, I felt like this was a time to do it. And I beat some kid down uh, when I was 12. But I wasn't like a fighter. But like I had this sort of like... Like it built up for years and years and then it went off. And unfortunately, Jeff, I'm sorry you were the, you were the, you were the focal point of that. Because that was, that was not... It was not cool. It was not cool. I could have done some damage if the kids didn't jump over the fucking tables. And I don't know what Rob didn't sign. Rob was right next to him. Rob didn't. Rob. Rob was kind of an instigator. Fuck you, Rob. Rob's and Kevin's. I don't know what Kevin thought about the fight at the time. I was kind of on the outs with Kevin at that point in time. We weren't. We weren't close friends anymore because I. I figured out, of course, Kevin was making fun of me behind my back at God parties. It, Kevin. Kevin is the worst. I'll find you. I know your last name. I want to go on Facebook, Kevin. See what's going on. Ian, do you have any stories like that where you just kind of snapped and just for, sort of like gave I Like I said, I felt bad. I, I mean, most good. fights, yeah. Most fights that I was in. I was in like four or five between middle school and high school. I no, never middle school. I was in three in middle yeah. school. I was not in any in high school. Good story. I, uh, I was able to look at 47 pictures of Phoebe Cates. <laughs> I'm pouring my heart out, Ian. <laughs> You I'm, 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 I'm yes. giving you a piece of myself, and you're looking up. I know Phoebe Cates is, is lo- lovely. What, what happened to Phoebe Cates? She's married Kevin Klein. She didn't come back. She married Kevin Klein. She she, uh, she was in a movie in 2001 with her kids. Uh, one of her kids now has a musical career. You're, you're literally just looking up 80s actresses. You said 80s actresses. Married so Baxter said, Bernie. So Phoebe I Cates. said, sure, why not? I'm going to look up Phoebe Cates. One of the most one of the biggest scenes ever in movies coming out of the pool in Fast Times Ridgemont High. Yeah, taking off her top like that's the most iconic scenes ever. In, in a in a you know, horny, horny sex teenage comedy, uh, there which they filmed part of it right here, just a little bit north of here. Really, that's what that's what you either look up pictures She's cute. of. Yes, to put it lightly, Phoebe Cates, my God, yeah, she was a sex icon when she was like twenty years old in the eighties, and then she was I think she was done acting by like the mid nineties. She was done. Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, that's what the Wikipedia article said. Okay. Oh, oh, I might have seen Crow. The week after it came out. So it was either May 11th or May 18th. Maybe I saw it the weekend. It was definitely the Friday. I remember it was a Friday. We went to the went to the Perth Amboy Cinemas. One of the only big multiplexes I had where it was like off next to Razzmatazz in Perth Amboy. There's like 15 people. They're like, yeah, I remember that. Anyway, sorry. It's also where I saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's where I saw Twins. Um, yeah, it was, it was a weird summer. Did you see me up on the two wheels? 
Twins. That was on TV like three weeks ago when I watched it. For It's not a bad did movie. You, did you see me up on the two wheels? It's actually not a bad movie, Twins. I couldn't fucking watch it when I was younger, but I mean, it was just boring, too. I, I'd probably like it if I watched it now. I saw it in theaters, and I remember like, yeah, it's enjoyable. That was like the first, like, hey, Danny DeVito's this funny little... Danny DeVito always seemed like he was 65 years old, even back then. Yeah, he but did. Back then, he was like 35. I know, it's you crazy. Know, it, it's like one of those guys. When he started being on um, It's Always Sunny... I started paying attention. I'm like, this guy's been the same age for fucking 20 years. But he was only like 50 years old when he first appeared. Now he's been on Sunny for like 14 years. So now he's like in his mid-60s. Oh, he's, now he's finally the age I always assumed yes! he was. And, and that's, that's still going strong, uh, Always Sunny. Like 15, 16 years later. It's amazing. Sorry, any other comments about tales from past, uh, past childhood more so? No, we're done. We're done for that? We're sorry, done. sorry, Jeff. But don't, don't throw someone a sloppy. It wasn't cooked. If it was cooked, the sauce wouldn't have splattered as much as it did. I mean, and, it splattered uh, a little bit. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Just hmm? would you stop? Stop. Sorry. Would you stop virtually jacking off to Phoebe Cates in your head right now? What well, are you no, doing? Just the, the the fashion she's got going on here is that pink number is a little something. Oh, a little something. Yeah. You, you, know, you know how many boys she made into men in the eighties? <laughs> what do you? A little something. Probably. Probably. All right, Ian. We're getting a little creepy there, Phoebe. Cates. All right. We're done. We're done with the podcast. Thanks for supporting us through this. I hope you are safe out there. Hope you're getting your $1,200 stimulus check uh, relatively soon. If you, if you qualify for that, I'm waiting on my tax return from the good old Murray. We're getting my tax return. Murray, come on, buddy. We're six days past the, the deadline. Has it been filed? Murray. That's, that's my stimulus check. All right, that's Ian. Bye. I'm Pat. We'll see you later.